It's Tuesday, September 6, 2022, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by! This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. Mm. Rubs, barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups, and all-around barbecue-related gear for you to make barbecue great again can be found at manrubs.com and on Instagram, manrubs. Use the code STEAK15 for 15% off your order. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. They're at stayreadygear.com and on Instagram, stayreadygearusa. Holsters, custom kydex, mag carriers, tourniquet carriers, on and off duty gear made out of hot melted plastic for just for you. Need something custom? They got you covered. Use the code STEAK for 5% off. Don't get ready. Stay ready. The Pillow King of Minnesota and the apparatus known as the My Pillow family still cranking out Labor Day savings. Six piece towel sets, My Slipper version twos, My Beds, and Giza Dream Everything. In addition to that, Launched my coffee. We've got it in the bag, the bean, and the pod. When you're on promo code steak at checkout, you get big, big savings. MyPillow.com forward slash steak for anything sleep related. If you're more of a coffee person, MyStore.com forward slash steak. Or you can talk to a qualified pillow representative, 1-800-658-8045. The top tier of ear gear and the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording equipment can be found at Odyssey. Whether you're gaming, potting, Got the magic stick? Thought you garrison once, maybe garrison twice. There you go. Get your ear needs taken care of and done upright. Odyssey.com is the website. They're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms. Been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He's got a five-star rating. He's licensed FFL. If you're into the tradesies and don't live in Canada, his newly redesigned, easy-to-use website is WestCoastSurvivalArms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and via the telephone, 619-870-6992. Steak for breakfast, backs to blue. We love our first responders, and they're always working hard. While they're off-duty, they're probably wearing gear from Mediocre Medic. Sweatshirts, T-shirts, flip-flops, fanny packs, and more. Stickers and patches for while they're on the job. Plus, they got a pretty fire IG. Mediocremedic.com is the website. And last but certainly not least, the home of the Zero Fucks Duck and gold standard of tactical flair can be found at Dumpbox. Still don't know? Go ask Mark Joe Friday. They're on Instagram. They're on Facebook as well. Friends, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast or on the website at SteakforBreakfastPodcast.com. There you'll find a link tree to all our social medias, the website, our newest Substack, Telegram channel, and more. On that note, to all our friends joining us today on the Patriot Podcast Network via the Roku app, from the Twitterverse, Instagram, Discord, and now via our verified accounts on Getter and True Social. Welcome. Tuesday edition, Steak for Records Podcast, episode 167. I'm Roan. Noah's here. Yo. Alan Jacoby from the uh, Great Divide is going to be in to do a little bit of the news with us later. Guys, we got a great show lined up. Two America First candidates. But before we get started, we're going to jump right in with the spokeswoman for the uh, 45th president of the United States. Who do 
we have on the phone. All right, joining us first on the show today, she is the spokeswoman for the 45th president of the United States. She's coming back on Steak for Breakfast. We're excited to have her. Miss Liz Harrington, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Oh, no, it's our pleasure, ma'am. How's everything going on your end? It's good. Busy, can't complain. Yeah, I think we're all a little bit busy, especially all the stuff that's been going on. On and around, well, at least surrounding your job, I mean, we just cover it and report on it. You're the one that's actually working down there on Ground Zero with everything that's going on. Listen, I think uh, one of the biggest things our listenership is is kind of relieved on was the fact that, uh, you know, after just about a month and because of all the stuff that had gone on, first there was the raid and then there was the uh, the speech from, from Joe Biden about a week ago, uh, Donald Trump answered the call on Saturday night from Pennsylvania in a way that only probably he could replicate with one of his best speeches, uh, probably since the 2016 election cycle. Um, outside looking in, I mean, you're pretty much right there with everything that's going on. How did you feel the 45th president, you know, came back to the forefront and uh, kind of probably made everybody feel a little relieved? Oh, absolutely. It was incredible. I mean, President Trump, only he could stand up there for over two hours and speak directly to the American people. Over 13,000 inside the arena, thousands more outside, all there, all day, standing out there, just having a good time, waiting to hear from him. And the energy is just unbelievable. It's the first uh, time we've really gotten a chance for him to speak to the American people directly following the illegal break-in of his private home. Uh, you also had that awful demonic speech from Joe Biden Oof. just a few days before. Uh, also in Pennsylvania, I mean, think of it, at the birthplace of our nation, Independence Hall. And then the contrast to see President Trump leading the greatest peaceful political movement we've ever seen in our history speaking from the heart. I mean, it, it was just incredible. And I think people were just so excited to hear from him. And it was really powerful. The end of that speech, I don't think anyone's quite seen anything like it. It, it really resonated uh, with the people who were there, but also the millions of people who are watching. Uh, it was really something memorable and historic. Yeah, and it, it, it's, we can confirm that because when you look at some of the uh, streaming services, I think between Rumble Right Side Broadcasting and, and Real America Voice, there was millions of people literally tuned into that live, in addition to all the people that went back and watched it over the weekend. It's pretty incredible. I do want to stay in that thread and, and pick on a couple of those topics because those are some of the things that President Trump led off his Save America rally with this week. The first one, the Mar-a-Lago raid. We did see some good news come out late last week that was confirmed today uh, about the special master being appointed to review the documents. Now, for people who cover President Trump as as closely as us, and then obviously you work for him. So what usually happens is the allegation is made. It's spun into a hoax that goes out of control into the news media. We start to uncover the facts and, and walk things backwards. And, and by the end, President Trump is usually vindicated. It seems like we're right in between the second to last and last step right now, and that the special master is going to come in and probably confirm that all of these documents were either declassified the right way or didn't really need to uh, be done, well, brought back to Washington, D.C. raid style. I'm pretty sure the president's got to be happy that uh, the judge was uh, kind enough to grant him that, and uh, we'll be looking to see some real oversight right now. Well, it is welcome news, obviously. I mean, just look, there's no precedent for this. It's totally illegal, totally unconstitutional. And for them to have taken tens of thousands of pages, now we're learning they took medical 
records. Uh, they took his passports. They took attorney-client privilege. And this is a break-in. It's not a raid. You know, you raid somewhere where you have probable cause of illegal activity. Where you should raid is uh, Hunter Biden's home, not Barron Trump's home. Where you would raid is these illegal left-wing organizations that acted as stash houses for ballot trafficking on a massive scale that we have evidence, not just the location, but uh, the government surveillance video of these people coming from these left-wing groups. That is where you would raid if you are a legitimate law enforcement agency. Um, this is nothing of the kind. They had no reason. It's the Presidential Records Act. They're his records. He was the president. Um, he's the most popular president by votes that we've ever had in American history. And they're treating this uh, it's just total lawlessness that they don't have to abide by the Constitution. They don't have to abide uh, by any reasonable standard of law and order. And it's just unbelievable at a time when our country is descended into chaos. Crime is through the roof. They've allowed our border to be completely opened. Uh, they've allowed so many awful things happen in our country where criminals are running rampant and yet they're using the full weight once again and you summed it up so well with the way these hoaxes go they're, it's total nonsense it's all started with lies and usually it's lies to cover up their own uh, misdeeds and th that's what we're going to find again here so this is welcome news but it's really not over and they really should be returning everything they took because they had no right uh, to take it as a total violation of President Trump's Fourth Amendment rights. Yeah, I'm still trying to find out what the, uh, the, the you know, incentive for reasonable search and seizure was here. Uh, you, you did say something that, that triggered me a little bit, and it's, it goes back to the, the basic foundation of this whole hoax that's going on right now. We call it affidavit gate on the phone. But it, it but in, in reality, that's just a microcosm for the larger thing and that this is being, you know, uh, directed by some of the main figures from the Russiagate scandal, uh, the, the architects of Crossfire Hurricane and such. You know, uh, behind the scenes, you've got John Carlin, Lisa Monaco, probably Susan Rice, people at the DOJ, Merrick Garland, obviously Joe Biden's involved. He went and made that statement to Peter Ducey about a week ago from the podium as he was walking out the door that he had zero notice. But when you see some of this stuff get released in regards to the special masters, it said the White House was the one that directed it uh, in the first place. So he didn't need notice day of if he was the one that was initiating it from the beginning. Didn't and, it specifically mention, like, the incumbent president, too? Yes. And, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of these uh, shadowy figures who are still looking to cover up their tracks even years after the incidents took place, still working behind the scenes diligently to try and uh, stop President Trump from doing whatever it is he plans on doing politically. Does it surprise you at all that some of the same bad actors that are working in Joe Biden's administration were some of the ones in, in Barack Obama's that, you know, kind of initiated, uh, well, the foundations of all the hoaxes surrounding the president? No, it doesn't. But it's it's such a shame for our country. And the reason why it is the same people is because there's been no accountability. What Kevin Kleinsmith got a hundred dollar fine, yeah. a month of probation or something, something absolutely absurd for literally lying, stating the opposite about Carter Page. He was he said that he was an asset for Russia when, in fact, he was an asset for the United States. 
And that's how sick these people are. That, that's how they'll lie and twist everything. Um, but, of course, it's the same people because no one, yet, as of yet, has been held to account. And they just cycle them back in. Um, they, you know, March, um, this Tim, I don't even know how to say his name. Everyone, it always sounds like Tebow. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not Tim Tebow. <laughs> but um, they march this guy out. I mean, why was he there in the first place? And it's the same people like Peter Strzok and Lisa Page that are still uh, on TV with a revolving door at these left-wing uh, news stations that operate just as propaganda arms for the intel agencies. I mean, it's, it's all the same people. And until we get accountability, um, we're going to see the same escalation of improper behavior, illegality, uh, crimes against the Constitution uh, again and again. And this is so much bigger than just about President Trump. Yep, They're targeting all of us. They're targeting anyone who dares question this government. It's a complete upside down uh, system right now than what the founders intended. They're supposed to work for us. And yet they are using the full weight of the government to harass political dissidents or anyone who opposes them, who anyone who questions the election after they spent four years questioning election, not because of evidence, but because of they were trying to frame President Trump. They were trying to uh, come up with an excuse of why they lost an election, not because it was taken from them. The people took it away from them. The people had their say, and they couldn't abide by that. So that's why they did everything they could to take it away from the people in 2020. Well, the people are still here. They're still very terrified because President Trump is the one person who speaks for those people, who speaks for the majority of Americans who love this country, who want common sense, who want rule of law, and who are against this corrupt cabal in Washington. Well, you're, you're right there. And, uh, you know, you make an excellent point. Donald Trump has a lot of resources that he's earned throughout the course of his career as a businessman and an entrepreneur that a lot of regular Americans just don't have access to. And that's a lot of it goes into the hard work that he put in before he gave it all up to serve this country. If they're going to go out and do that to the person who sat in the Oval Office previously, uh, but as a political opponent and, and as someone who's going to be probably, you know, the next candidate in, in the general election, just imagine what they could do to just regular citizens who have no voice, no resources, no vast amounts of money to protect them legally and, and set things up and, and who aren't a public figure. It's basically if they want to do things like they did down at Mar-a-Lago to regular citizens, you'd never hear about it. And it's, be honest with you, it's probably going on behind the scenes now. Um, I, I do want to segue a little bit, though, uh, speaking about declaring war. Uh, we weren't declaring war on, on Germany or Japan or, or ISIS or al-Qaeda, but, you know, a week and a half ago, Joe Biden declared war on MAGA, basically, in, in that speech he gave at Philadelphia down at Independence Hall. Uh, the optics were awful. The rhetoric was 10 times worse than that. And um, it, what's really funny is that it seems that the news cycle is just 
cared to move on and, and, and redirect their attention back on, on things that aren't important, that aren't serving, you know, the American people out there, the hardworking blue collar middle class families, this stuff like that's going on with President Trump right now. But the fact of the matter is the things we've heard from Joe Biden were number one, unprecedented, and number two, terrifying. And, uh, you know, I, I think President Trump's answer to that on, on Saturday night in Pennsylvania was, was absolutely superb. Absolutely. And it needed to be answered. I mean, this is downright chilling stuff and exactly right. It's just not just the optics, but the words. And think of what he's even saying, that making America great again is the number one threat to America. I mean, this is absolutely insane. Um, These are people actually not just uh, on the right, but in the middle, uh, former Democrats, uh, disaffected Democrats, who embrace making America great again and this great political movement because they've seen exactly uh, what people like Joe Biden have done to our country. They are the ones who are trampling all over our Constitution. They're the ones who are wrecking our economy. They're destroying our energy independence, cutting it off. Um, They destroyed our border, our sovereignty. And talk about threats to our country. The fact that you can't feel comfortable just even leaving your home in any city run by these out-of-control left-wing Marxists that don't enforce the law and just let criminals out in the street and and punish the law-abiding. So that's where the threat comes from. Oh, and number one, by the way... The threat to democracy, or rather a constitutional republic, is when you steal votes. Mm -hmm. And that's the only reason Joe Biden gets to stand up there and pretend he's president. They stole the election. And I don't care uh, if people get offended by me saying that. It's truth. And people know it. And that's why I think they're acting in such a brazen way now and literally declaring war on the American people because they know they've lost uh, the battle of public opinion. Even though they control big tech, they control the propaganda state-run media, they control all these things, and yet the truth is still getting out there. Uh, The issue of 2020 and election integrity is still at the forefront. You have people all across this great country who are engaged, who are determined to fix their elections to make sure that there is an honest vote uh, that only one person, one vote, not this ballot stuffing that happens, the rigging and the voter rolls and all the myriad ways they cheat. Uh, people, American patriots are determined to fixing our system. And that's what terrifies them the most, because if they can't rig these elections anymore, everything else with their corruption comes top down. That, that's what holds them up, props them up. So that's why they're getting more brazen. That's why they're acting uh, so just with such anger towards their own people is because they know that they are are corrupt. They have to keep continue lying and it's going to run out. They're going to run out of lies at a certain point. Truth always wins. No, it certainly does. And, uh, you know, we did a little, we had a conversation about the election the other day. Uh, Well, we've, we've come to confirm pretty much that the October surprise of the 2020 presidential election, which was the Hunter Biden laptop was pretty much repressed and and eliminated everywhere. We've already seen a a high ranking FBI uh, employee fired over it, what it looks like. And then 
we, we talked about it with, with some of our guests. You take all of the fraud that we already know happened, the historical fraud in the Blue Wall states, the funny business that always happens in places like Philadelphia and Atlanta, uh, free-for-all mail-in ballot voting, harvest boxes, Zuckerbucks, every single 2,000 mules, take it all out, erase it. It never happened. You insert the Hunter Biden laptop into the 2020 presidential election cycle in October of 2019 when the FBA took hands of it and just told the public honestly what was in there. Zero percent chance Joe Biden wins the election. Now when you add all the fraud in there, it's almost impossible for him to have gained as many votes than than anyone has in the history of our universe. But uh, (laughs) this is literally where we're at right now. And, And just to touch on that speech a little bit more. We saw John Meacham uh, was one of the architects. He's a, well, he's won a Pulitzer Prize for uh, some of his commentary on things like saying that our founding fathers would have really wanted uh, things like the 1619 Project and critical race theory to be included in America's political discord. You think? So you you could only say, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, talk about the things that he was probably looking for when he wrote that speech for Joe Biden last week. Uh, Liz, one of the things I think that Donald Trump also talked on that was like probably the big three of the first half of of the rally he gave was the importance of the midterm elections. It's great to have all these conversations about getting our country on the right track. We know that whatever President Trump's going to do is going to come after the midterm elections. It's probably to serve not as a distraction or anything because he's out there servicing all these America First candidates that he's got over the finish line with the New Hampshire primary. He'll clear over 200 uh, endorsed candidates into the general election, which is just incredible. And uh, we know he's doing some things behind the scene. We've seen Rick Scott. Uh, go down and meet with him recently. Shortly after that meeting, there was a op-ed that Rick Scott put out talking uh, pretty critically about the awful job that Mitch McConnell has done about leader in, leadership in the Senate. And uh, we all know Donald Trump doesn't have any, uh, you know, love lost for the old piece of crow. Um, but, you know, <laughs> the importance of these midterm elections, this is probably the president's number one focus right now. And uh, how important are you guys looking at that headed into uh, the home stretch here with a little bit over uh, – well, just about a month and a half go to we head to the ballot box. It's so important. It is crucial. And as you mentioned, all these endorsed candidates with the America First agenda, it is so critical to get them in in Washington and in state offices across this country because of what we were just talking about, the lawlessness, the attack uh, on our you know, very way of life our sovereignty, our economy with inflation and crime and so much else. So what they've done to the military in Afghanistan and not to mention uh, with Russia and Ukraine, China on the march. I mean, it's such a perilous time, not just for our nation, but the world. We, we have not seen anything quite like it. And we need to send a message. We need to have everyone say our voice matters and show up on election day. I mean, we cannot rest. We have to send a message and we have to get some accountability. I mean, like we were just talking about, and you're not going to get real change unless you get these America First candidates in there, people like President Trump, who are not just all talk, but who will deliver for the American people who have real passion and conviction for their country and want to fix things. I mean, that's what we need. And we need to stop this out of control government. We have to preserve our great republic. I and mean, that's really on the line here. And regardless of 
uh, how much they're going to try to cheat or rig things, like we were just saying, too, the way they've used the FBI in two successive presidential elections yep. to remember we heard about meddling in elections oh, for yeah. four years straight. I mean, can you imagine the type of meddling happening from our own government? All that's to say, we have to do our part. We have to show up in person on Election Day, overwhelm the system. That's what Carrie Lake did, her voters in Arizona. That's what people in our great movement, the MAGA movement, patriots, that's what they're going to do to have success no, no matter where it is. I mean, we know um, the entire, they're going to put up whatever they can because they're, they're nervous, they're corrupt, and they don't want their corruption to be exposed. But it's our duty to do the right thing and get as many people as you can. Tell them how important it is to vote in person on Election Day uh, and really take back our country because th these are very perilous times and we have to show up. No, they certainly are. And then when you see some of the new things that the, uh, the radical left is trying to insert into our election systems as uh, methods to try and stop uh, massive day of vote turnout. We saw recently with the uh, special election in Alaska, that House seat, and now the real choice voting that's going on up there, uh, which essentially, at the end of the day, 61% of the Republicans, uh, you know, got the vote for the seat. However, the per the Democrat within the 30% is sitting in Congress right now because of uh, it's a new way to kind of split the ticket. It's like if Donald Trump endorses someone, let's just say Sarah Palin as an example, the establishment or even the left can have somebody run on the Republican side. They split the ticket and, and the Democrat goes to Congress. It's uh, absolutely ridiculous. And uh we're hoping to see them unify that ticket up there before November so we can uh, hopefully get Sarah Palin into Congress because she's going to be a firebrand out there. Oh, absolutely. And just another way, they knew Lisa Murkowski yep. was going to be in such big trouble. Um, and so they, you know, put in this ranked choice voting, which is just absolutely absurd. And nobody can even wrap their mind around it. It's just not a way to run elections. Um, but we, we're still looking... Uh, to do a, the people are behind us in that great state. So we're still looking for victories uh, there come November. All these races are so critically important. Um, you see how someone like Elisa Murkowski voting for this out of control left wing agenda that Mitch McConnell has aided and abetted every step of the way. He yep. has not negotiated whatsoever. He's given them the non infrastructure. Uh, bill. He's given them red flag laws. He's given them everything. So much spending that's weakened our dollar. It, it is a joke. He is the uniparty. He is not a leader. And so taking away these, you know, prop up votes that he's able to use to just advance uh, this anti-American agenda is disgraceful. And we need to make sure we get these America first candidates uh, in through uh, in on November on November eighth because they are critical uh, to getting the America First agenda back in Washington and stop stop what's happened to our great country. Yeah, we never don't stress the importance enough of of securing both chambers uh, is is the only way to to stop the Biden agenda uh, and will get us a lot of the answers and, uh, you know, relief for the American people, which we also hope includes impeachment. So the way a lot of these candidates are talking right now, I don't think we're just going to be doing investigations and oversight uh, come January of 2023 if we can take care of business at the ballot box in November.
Absolutely. I mean, think of how out of control all of these cabinet secretaries are. I mean, with the border and the things that they're doing, um, shipping, you know, they're not just, you know, not enforcing the law. They're helping illegal aliens break the law. They're facilitating it. They're giving them passage. It's just unheard of in our great country. And People need to be held to account. So many things, so many reasons. The list is enormous. But, I mean, think of it. They impeached our great president over a phone call, which, by the way, was perfectly legitimate. And he was perfectly right about the Bidens with Burisma and everything, all their corruption in Ukraine. And the FBI knew it. And the FBI was spying on President Trump's lawyer during that impeachment sham. They were spying on Rudy Giuliani. That's the reason why they knew the New York Post story was coming in October uh, before 2020. The corruption is so out of control. Um, And what they did to try to prevent President Trump from running again, they tried to take him off the ballot. Uh, Of course, all the rigging in 2020. But the idea that Joe Biden and whoever is actually running this country right. um, have gotten away with what they've seemingly for now have gotten away with without any even real cause for impeachment, aside from you know the great Marjorie Taylor Greene and a handful of others. I mean, come on. This is a travesty. Um, they need to be talking about it at the very least, but absolutely they need to make moves um, after November, it come January, if, uh, as we hope and pray, the Republicans, the MAGA Republicans, the great MAGA Republicans, take back both chambers. Yeah, well, the, the Justice Department, uh, you know, they messed around, and now they're going to have to deal with uh, Chris Kyes, which uh, is probably one of the biggest legal pit bulls in, in, in the history of law, and I'm pretty sure they're not going to uh, enjoy their time with him in regards to that Mar-a-Lago raid. And then again, what you said about the midterm elections, we can't think of it. There are so many other, I mean, inflation, gas prices, the way the, the, the economy is doing, the open borders, uh, the wasteful spending, the, the funneling of money. If Joe Biden gets that $13 billion he proposed uh, for Ukraine last week, Liz, we keep a border walls tally here in the studio. We'll be over 20 U.S. southern border walls worth of cash sent to Ukraine. Uh, since the start of this conflict seven I'm months ago. The board. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting there. And, uh, you know, House and, and Senate leadership are definitely things that are on the table and, and are huge concerns to people not only within the party, but ones going to the ballot box. And we know that President Trump's got his, his brain wrapped around a lot of things, and we can't do anything, uh, you know, on this show other than report on it and, and lend our appreciation to people like you and obviously President Trump. So we, we definitely don't ever get enough time when you come and sit down with us, but this has been absolutely amazing. We hope at some point between now and the midterms we can get you back uh, for some updates. But for anyone that's not following you across social media, Liz, where can they find you? I'm on Truth Social at Real Liz USA. We certainly appreciate your show and covering these important topics. It's so critical for everyone to be stay informed, stay engaged, get active in your local community. That, that's how we save this great republic. It certainly is. And uh, like I said, it's our pleasure hosting you today. And we wish you uh, all the best of health. And, uh, you know, stay strong out there on the road with President Trump. And, uh, you know, keep fighting the good fight for us. Thanks so much. This is the official spokeswoman for the 45th President of the United States, Ms. Liz Harrington. Thanks for coming back on Steak for Breakfast. You bet. As you know, this week, Joe Biden came to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to give 
the most vicious, hateful, and divisive speech ever delivered by an American president, vilifying 75 million citizens, plus another probably 75 to 150, if we want to be accurate about it, <laughs> as threats to democracy and as enemies of the state. You're all enemies of the state. He's an enemy of the state. You want to know the truth? The enemy of the state is him and the group that control him, which is circling around him. Do this, do that, Joe. You're going to do this, Joe, right? I think Philadelphia was a great choice to make this speech of hatred and anger. His speech was hatred and anger. By the way, the next morning, he forgot what he said. You saw that. <laughs> They asked him about, oh, I didn't think I said that, did I? Oh, no. How'd you like the red lighting behind him like the devil? <laughs> but Philadelphia was a great choice because the city is being devastated under Democrat rule. Devastated. Hate to tell you, we love Pennsylvania. I went to school in Philadelphia. What's happening to Philadelphia? 14 people were shot last weekend in Philadelphia, 14. And the fake news will go out and check. Oh, that's a lot of fake news. Whoa. <laughs> that's a lot of fake news. Wow. Well, pretty safe to say that the uh, 45th president of the United States came out swinging on Saturday night. And this is Steak for Breakfast. Alan Jacoby, the host of The Great Divide, is joining us today. Alan, what's going on? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Well, it's always our pleasure, and I can't think of any better way to, uh, you know, follow up on the spokeswoman for Donald Trump than with uh, full coverage of his rally in the way we only do it here on Steak for Breakfast. What do you mm -hmm. think, Noah? You I know? like it. Oh, I like you. Okay. Trying not to make it weird. You guys are adorable. Hey, listen, it was the first time we heard Donald Trump since the Mar-a-Lago raid. Uh, since then, we've seen a lot of developments, and we're going to hear all about them from him. A lot of new content in this speech from Saturday night. Uh, he touched on the Biden speech, the FBI raid. Uh, he talked about student loan forgiveness, um, the IRS agents that are coming to audit all of us next year. Alan, it was the first time we heard President Trump in over a month. What did you think? Uh, some new material, and it looked like he was kind of re-energized. Yeah, it's funny because there are actually people on the left saying, oh, Donald Trump seems nervous at the rally since the Mar-a-Lago uh, raid, and I didn't see any of that. All I saw was a unbelievably energized crowd and I knew people that were there in the crowd and, and they were taking video and you, I mean, you see it for yourself. He was energized calling out with sleepy Joe Biden uh, said about vilifying half the country, probably more than half the country. Yeah. What was he calling us MAGA extremists and other things? And yeah, I think People are more galvanized than ever, and I think it's going to keep happening. But every part of that rally just showed the energy of the MAGA movement. Yeah, it certainly did. No, we like all the stuff that, uh, you know, President Trump usually talks about at his rally, but it seems like this is a little bit more of a business venture. So uh, what did you think seeing him get out there and, and, and actually coming out swinging? I like it. I mean, coming back from – what uh, Biden did at that, that other speech was, mm. I mean, he, he was right saying it was divisive. I mean, what we saw was an administration who knows that they're losing, who knows they don't have any traction, who knows that they're dismal in the polls, 
I mean, what's the actual numbers? Like, I, I saw somebody claiming that it was like 30-something, but it's got to be in the 20s. teens. <laughs> I'm going to go with teens. I like it. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's the it's it's the formula that works. Every single time you get the people fighting themselves, so they leave you as the government alone. Yeah, no. I mean, it, it's an excellent point, and, and I think the biggest thing was uh, – you know, he probably needed some time to kind of reflect and get everything lined up. I think Biden laying out that speech last week was kind of icing on the cake because that was just a softball lobbed up for Trump. You know, he's going to tear that apart at his rally. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty weird. He, Biden did the speech. The next day he says he doesn't recall it being as divisive and hate-filled as it was. And then, you know, as we'll find out in news, too, he went down to Wisconsin and continued to get heckled. Uh, Does he remember going, nine, 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 nine? <laughs> exactly. But uh, I mean, can, can you just imagine, just, just, just imagine for a minute the desperation mm. of the Democrats to, to vilify people who actually love America and they want to make America great again, because right now we know America is not great. But it's just so obvious that the left, that the Biden regime, and I, I'm going to say his handlers that are programming him, the, the it's obvious the hatred they have for, for America mm -hmm. and for everyday middle class Americans. It's wild. Well, it's there's no coincidence. It's the new mask. It's the thing that they can galvanize, or not galvanize, but uh, just black and white. Like, you... The same people who probably a lot of the time were like, these masks are fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. I don't think I need to do this. This is nonsense. And then the people on the left who are just like, I need to put a mask over my butthole so I don't accidentally fart out COVID. It, it's it's, uh, it's the, the new thing. Box, the mask yeah. on the butthole. Oh, that's right. Box. Yeah, my bad. Sorry. I was trying not to be whatever that is. <laughs> uh, no, but it's 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 just another way to divide people into two different groups. It's It's us versus them instead of us versus them. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting because, uh, you know, it, it's part of our newest Substack, and it talks about the, the compare and contrast between the, you know, the two speaking events and their importance. But, you know, one, one, one of the authors of that Biden speech, John Meacham, he's a America hater. Uh, you know, he, he wrote like an anti-populist novel on Andrew Jackson. He also has been someone that said like, we, we want things like, the 1619 project and uh, critical race theory infused into our legacy as a country and basically used a lot of, you know, the undertones, friend versus enemy rhetoric that Nazi collaborators used in writing speeches for Hitler. It's it's something that we all joke about when you just look at the comparative nature of it. It's, it's, it's pretty much like A is good, B is bad. If you support B even a little bit, you're bad too. And uh, it goes into that whole enemy of the state rhetoric and, and just some of the stuff that, you know, you can't even make this kind of a narrative up. It's just mind-blowing. Well, it's going to translate. It's going to translate into everything. It's going to be, okay, so who owns most of the guns in America? Mm -hmm. Right. Weird. It's mm -hmm. conservatives. <clears throat> it's people who are somewhat free thinkers. I saw what you tried to do there. I almost reflexively said we do, but I didn't. Ooh. Not since, <laughs> that, not since that boating trip we took. Oh, Lake Havasu. Oh, yes. Uh but it's going to go with, okay, so you've posted anything in your past that was anti-Biden, mm -hmm. pro-America. Mm -hmm. You're automatically red-flaggable. Oh. And it's just, it's it's the fucking dictatorship program I'm, just I'm running. Screwed. Yeah, like places, well, Vish told us last week, places like New York State now are requiring up to three years of social media uh, when you go to apply for a concealed carry permit there. 
weird. Yep. Yeah. And training. Yeah, access to the social media, training, mm-hmm. but rifle how do they, license now. How do, they have somebody like Googling you to make sure that like you're not lying. Like deactivate your social media and then go get your gun. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Or 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 like they're gonna check? Like what? They got the NSA just hanging out, like, oh yeah, we're gonna look this guy up real quick in the in the Google machine. Well, speaking of the national security apparatus, Donald Trump was uh quick to jump in on the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago, which was the next thing he touched on. Uh, let's hear it as he was getting that rally just warmed up. The danger to democracy comes from the radical left, not from the right. Not from the right. <laughs> this November, we're going to stand up to this rising tyranny of sickness, lawlessness, and death, and we are going to take back our country. We're going to take it back. Sounds like a small crowd. There could be no more vivid example of the very real threats from American freedom than just a few weeks ago, you saw it, when we witnessed one of the most shocking abuses of power by any administration in American history. The shameful raid and break-in of my home, Mar-a-Lago, was a travesty of justice. that made a mockery of America's laws, traditions, and principles before the entire world. The entire world was watching, and they're shocked. They're shocked. South American countries, numerous of them, their leaders said, could you imagine if that was ever done in our country, what the United States would be saying about us? The Biden administration invaded the home of their chief political opponent, who is absolutely destroying him and everyone else in the polls. I hate to say it. He hates to say it. Even including the Republicans, but we love the Republicans. (laughs) On a phony pretext, getting permission from a highly political magistrate who they handpicked late in the evening, just days before the break-in, and trampled upon my rights and civil liberties as if our country that we love so much were a third world nation. We're like a third world nation. They rifled through the First Lady's closet drawers and everything else. Keep checking. And even did a deep and ugly search of the room of my 16-year-old son. Leaving everything they touched in far different condition than it was when they started. Can you believe it? The FBI and the Justice Department have become vicious monsters controlled by radical left scoundrels, lawyers, and the media 
who tell them what to do, you people right there, and when. <laughs> First time we heard about Baron, Baron Trump's room getting raided. Pretty interesting. I, I don't think they found the uh, nuclear secrets in there. Yeah, but why go into his bedroom? Just because it's, I mean, demeaning and it's you know we're gonna mess we're just gonna mess up the house it's we're, we're going in we have a search warrant we don't really think anything is gonna happen we just need it for publicity but while we're here let's wrinkle all the doilies maybe joe biden wanted like something to sniff oh. from baron yeah i bet there's some underwear missing maybe some hair samples Oof. I said that's the good stuff that's the gold standard right there if you can find me a sock now not only did they go <laughs> did they go rifling through the the first lady's underwear drawer um, you think anybody did like the bra eyes? <laughs> oh, like the sunglasses? <laughs> yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. And, and probably with those big ass hats that she used to wear too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talked about the, uh, fake news photo shoot from, from all the cover sheets of the, of the supposedly secret documents. The Babylon Bee put out a post today that some of the documents the FBI retrieved were so secret that they were written in invisible ink. <laughs> but, but, uh. <laughs> Talking about the uh, the photo shoot. Let's hear it. Storming through the home of their number one political rival. It's a disgrace, a disgrace like possibly never before. Our country's never seen anything like it. They talk about documents not being properly stored, yet they go in and take documents, dump them on the floor, stage a photo shoot. <laughs> And pretend that I had done it like I had put them all over the floor. They took that back after a lot of prodding. Then they put out for public consumption a picture which is seen all over the world. This is what they do. It's called disinformation. These are very dishonest, sick people. Very dishonest people. Americans are sick of the lies, sick of the hoaxes and scams, and above all, sick of the hypocrisy. But our opponents have badly miscalculated. This egregious abuse of the law is going to produce a backlash, the likes of which nobody has ever seen before. Sounds like a pretty small, uninteractive crowd that he had going for him. Yeah, no, it was nobody there. Yeah. Man, I uh, I saw that, uh, well, Ben Burkwam, he had Patriot Takes had put out a post like three hours before the rally started, and they're like, everybody's hyped for the Donald Trump speech with all these empty seats, and they did like a panoramic of the of the stadium. And then right when he, it was like first comment in, and then he quoted and shared the Patriot Takes one. I saved the video and then did the exact same thing. Uh, of when he was taking the stage, and there was standing room only. Nice. Uh, yeah, there wasn't an empty seat in the house, and uh, it, it was pretty awesome to see, uh, you know, the big show out for him there. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have saw it. So every time one of their narratives starts to fail, they just start piggybacking off of the other one. What's been going around the news cycle over the past couple, three days, which has been causing some awful dooming on social media, is, uh, you know, now all of the progressive uh, legacy news agencies are going to be saying how the red wave isn't happening anymore. That's the counter to the Donald Trump 
uh, Save America rallies that, you know, there's not going to be a red wave. They're starting to say that, like, numbers in the House are, like, in the teens or low 20s. And I uh, shouldn't even go out and vote. It's not worth it because it's not happening. When um, I think a referendum on this administration is coming, no matter what kind of news they put out there. What do you guys think? It's all you hear on the on the legacy media. I mean, what was it Van Jones? I think uh, Friday yep. on CNN. I mean, you know, you're starting to see the beginnings of, of what could be a blue wave. I, I, I'm failing to see it. Maybe I don't know. Like Alex Jones says, or maybe I'm a little retarded. <laughs> but you know, w- w- what are we seeing here? I, I, I'm not understanding. Joe Biden. Gets a few dozen people in a high school uh, at a rally, or a, hun- a couple hundred people in a high school uh, gymnasium. Gym. What are we doing? I, I'm I'm not seeing it. It's just unbelievable that people are eating this up and believing it. Be honest with you, I, I'm kind of <laughs> retarded. We got one of those. Yeah, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> And and I just think it's it's another distractionary measure that that it's their next marching orders from the administration. Um, let's not talk about the Biden speech. You know, let's not even talk about Mar-a-Lago. Let's just talk about how now they're going to lose the elections. And uh, they can't even spin it when in places like Alaska. Uh, you know, the Dems won that special election um, for Don Young's seat last week. But the fact of the matter is they can't really report on it because that whole problem gets solved if, if uh, you know, Donald Trump can get the second-place Republican Nick to get out of the race and let uh, an overwhelming majority of his 30% of the vote be added to Sarah Palin's 36, and she'll walk there by 20 points. So (laughs) we'll see what's going to happen between now and then. But getting back to the rally, there were several specific people in the crosshairs of Donald Trump for this one. He's already hit up the DOJ and the FBI. Uh, He's targeted Joe Biden. There's going to be some more down the road, but we can't ever forget about our favorite punching bag, uh, 2016 election loser Hillary Clinton. Our pretty far left have come out and said, we can't believe this is happening in the USA. We are being assaulted by the same group at the FBI and DOJ that just a few years ago declared no reasonable prosecutor would charge crooked Hillary Clinton after she set up a secret illegal server to hide her family's pay-for-play schemes crammed it full of classified information, allowed it to be plundered by foreign hackers. You know, that happened. And then deleted, acid-washed, 30,000 emails. Think of that. 30,000 emails. And what else did she do? Boom, with a hammer, smashed her phone systems to smithereens after receiving the highest level of subpoena from the U.S. Congress. (laughs) It it literally never gets old. Mm -hmm. Think of that. Think of that. Yet now these same people, the exact same people, are sending the FBI storming through the home of their number one political rival. It's a disgrace, a disgrace like possibly never before. Our country's never seen anything like it. They talk about... Mm-hmm. So? Good old Hillary. Good old Hillary. Can't forget about that. Because uh, it, it is something that, you know, I mean, she essentially just got away with it. 
Yeah, and, and she committed some some pretty heinous crimes. That's not a, that's not including all the other stuff that that she did throughout the course of her uh, time served in office. The you know stuff with Benghazi and then the stuff that she initiated between Crossfire Hurricane and a collaboration with the FBI and the, the you know forty fourth president of the United States and all that other stuff. But in regards not to mention, she's an election denier. She certainly is. Yeah, I mean. How many how many times do we need to play the montage of them back to back saying the same thing? Hmm. <laughs> I think we'll touch on that a little bit more later in news too. Donald Trump that he wasn't done with new material. He did want to touch on the eighty seven thousand IRS agents coming to audit us all next year. We gave you the largest tax cuts and regulation cuts in American history. The radical Democrat Congress just passed one of the largest tax hikes in American history, pulverizing the middle class, and now you have the privilege of having 87,000 IRS agents go after you. And they've actually been approved. I'd never heard of this one. They got approved to carry guns so they can go after you with guns. You know, they don't want to have guns, but it's okay for the IRS. It's like an army. Can you imagine that that was approved, that they allowed that to get through? And all Mitch McConnell had to do is waive the debt ceiling. I'm not approving anything having to do with debt ceiling unless you drop all this crap, $4 trillion worth, because Manchin folded like a dog. You mm. saw that. And I always said he would. I told you he would. He did. You know, uh, Manchin, Cinema, McConnell, John Thune, those are some of the people that are going to be up in the next round. Uh, for re-election, they're all going to be out of there. Mm-hmm. Just by him mentioning Joe Manchin's name, you know that he's going to be finding a uh, adequate replacement for him down in West Virginia. He's been able to. Well, he lasted like six years of just playing both sides, but yeah. uh, a couple of these America last pieces of legislation that gave the Biden administration fictional wins, uh, ones that they can hang their hat on and say are wins, even though we're not. We know that they're not. Um, a lot of that falls on the shoulders of Joe Manchin and. Uh, we, we, we really can't let him forget that. So I think once we get past this election cycle, he's going to be king-making a whole bunch of new candidates to challenge people like him and, uh, down there in West Virginia. Uh, he also wanted to touch on, well, speaking of pieces of America last legislation, the student loan forgiveness and the unconstitutionality of it and, uh, you know, how it's really going to affect the, the hardworking blue-collar workers. Biden and the Democrat Congress created the worst inflation in 50 years, 9.1%, and it's going to go a lot higher. Mm. And now they are making it worse with their immoral plan to wipe out hundreds of billions of dollars of debt for college graduates. Now think of this. How unfair is it? How unfair is it to all of those people, many of you are here, that paid and worked so hard? I saw they were doing a story about Pocahontas. That's Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts. <laughs> and this big, strong guy came up to her, really a good-looking good guy. And he looks at her and goes, well, what's going on with this debt? You want to cancel the debt? I've been working my ass off for 12 years, he said. And I've almost got my daughter's debt paid off. I worked weekends 12 years. My neighbor, he's my friend, but he hasn't worked at all. And now the debt's going to be canceled, but I worked. This is unfair. And then he was not too nice after that, so we'll forget what he said. But he was not too happy. But you can multiply that times millions and millions of people. 
They paid for it on the backs of hardworking citizens, and they're raising your taxes. Remember this. You don't realize it. You're getting the biggest tax increase in history. It's all disinformation. They're saying under, under 400,000. You're getting the biggest tax increase in the history of our country. Yep. So enjoy paying it. <laughs> and you know what it's paying for? Things like that. But the Green New Deal, which is like taking the money and throwing it out the window. And it's actually worse. It's actually like taking the money and destroying our country. 100%. 100%. Set it on fire. Set the money on fire. Alan, you're a hardworking, blue-collar, middle-class American. You're just getting ready to launch a small business here soon. How do you feel um, in, in all the investments that you're hoping pay off throughout the course of your life that you've worked your ass off to support your family now, uh, not only receiving the biggest tax hike in the history of the universe, but uh, now you're going to be paying for all of your radical, progressive neighbors uh, kids, gender studies degrees coming out of your taxes as well. It's just disheartening. It's disgusting. It makes me as a small business owner and I, I have a couple of them just almost like throw in the towel, just go work a nine to five job and stop working so hard because they're just taking it and taking it and taking more and sending it to Ukraine and sending it here for gender studies. Like, like you mentioned and, yeah. College tuition. You know, it's your choice to go to college. Then it's your choice, responsibility, and obligation to pay back the loans that you took out. I, I didn't go to college, and I encourage everyone out there not to, unless, of course, you want to become, say, a lawyer or a physician. Otherwise, go to a trade school. There are so many other things out there you can do with, you don't need college for. But the, the fact of the matter is, now we're paying for it. And I think they average, what is it? Something I heard like $2,000 per taxpayer it would end up costing or some ridiculous number like that. But here's the thing, too. Doesn't the Congress have the power of the purse? I mean, Joe Biden knows he can't just on a whim in an executive order make everybody pay back this student loan, you know, for the for, make us pay for this student loan forgiveness. This has to be – this has to be uh, – Voted. This has to be made a law. Sorry, I'm a little tongue-tied right now because it's so aggravating on what's go on on what they're doing. I'm wondering if this is just another distraction where he knows this is going to get, uh, you know, fought with a with a lawsuit, and is this just something for his base to chew on to show what he's doing and all of the people that wanted him to forgive the college loans, which he originally said he would not do. There was one speech I think during a debate or or a. Uh, uh, community, whatever they call them, uh, that he said he wasn't going to uh, forgive student loans. He right. said that. And now now he is, and I'm wondering if it's just a big play where we know this is not – he knows it's not going to happen long term. It's not going to happen. And is it just a, another distraction, one, to keep us occupied talking about it, and two – just for his for his base going into the midterms. Look what the Democrats are doing. They're, they're going to forgive our, our college loans. It's going to be great. I know, it's just, it's disgusting. As a hardworking person uh, in, in this country, and whether you own a business or not, it's, if, if this happens, you're going to feel it. And it really, uh, if that doesn't make you turn around and question who you're voting for, then I don't, I don't know what will. Oh, you're right. I mean, how many blue-collar, hardworking people, you know, middle-class families listen to Steak for Breakfast? There's an overwhelming majority of our listenership. and uh, Yeah, I don't own a business, but I don't want to pay more taxes. No. 
Yeah. And I didn't go to college because I didn't want to fucking be in debt for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And look at me now. Mm. In, about to be in <laughs> debt. No, but I, I think the thing is, is that uh, it, it's like Alan said, it could be a distraction, but also let's just look at some of the things we've seen. We've seen the Supreme Court overduce, overturn things uh, throughout the course of the first two years of the Biden regime. And people all over the place from the president of the United States to governors in their state says, that's cool. We're not going to abide by it. Or you look at the other side of the coin. Can they take something like this that is challenged constitutionally and win in one of their radical, progressive, appointed federal magistrates and have them say that, well, it could fall within this parameter of the Constitution and he could forgive it. So I think Donald Trump's kind of just laying it out there for everybody kind of to absorb and maybe see what to expect when they either try to fight it or it's fought back on by places like in the Supreme Court where people might file with it. But So nobody's gotten any money yet. Not yet. And no. I already predicted that it's just not going to happen. Yeah, well, the the deadline for it to be enacted is is this is January because January first is when everybody's student loans are due. Well, mm. let me tell you, people, not that you're probably listening to us. Well, they might be. Fill out the check now. <laughs> Coming back around. <laughs> uh, we do have to talk about the guest lineup. Remember, the Save America rallies are not Donald Trump campaign rallies. They are campaign rallies for. The America First Trump endorsed candidates in said states that he's running in. Uh, we did have a pretty good lineup there. Let's tease it with a segue uh, regarding Dr. Oz. I told you before I love the fields, but I like these better because the air conditioning system. But this air conditioning is not working too well. It's about 100 degrees up here. I'm sweating like a dog, but I'm... I'll call Dr. Raz. Dr. Raz, am I okay, doctor? Am I okay? He says yes. He says yes. In Arizona show years ago, and uh, Dr. Raz, I'm going to introduce him in a second, but I was at a show years ago, and he did like an examination of me. I don't know what the hell he did to show for. I wasn't like even a politician at that point. But he did an examination, and the word said, He's extremely healthy, really a very, very fine, fit man, but he should lose 20 or 25 pounds. I was so angry I didn't speak to him for you. <laughs> he said he was great, but he could lose a couple of pounds. Me too. He's mm. great. He's going to be great. Under Democrat control, the streets of our great cities are drenched in the blood of innocent victims. Much of this crime is caused by drug dealers who during the course of their lives will kill an average of 500 American citizens. Every drug dealer is responsible, and that doesn't include what they've done to families of people that haven't died, but families that are just devastated by what happened to their children and to themselves. Think of it, 500 people, the average drug dealer. I'm calling for the death penalty for drug dealers, which will, upon its passage... Fucking love it. Reduce like drug distribution in our country on day one by 75%. Mm. A lot of taxpayer dollars saved. Mm. Yep. No more blue ribbon committees telling us what to do. You know, I was setting them up in the White House. There's a blue ribbon committee headed by socialites. And they just want, I mean, look, they're very nice people, but they just want a little publicity for themselves. They can't deal with the kind of killers that we're talking about. We want the death penalty for drug dealers, and you will save 
millions of lives. You know, we're going to lose 250,000 people, I think, this year. At least. You know, just to go off for a second. Does anybody mind that I do that now? <laughs> Is there any better place to be on a beautiful Saturday evening than a Trump rally? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't either. Mm-mm. And, uh, you know, one of the funniest ones was he'll go after the usual suspects, the Nancy Pelosi's, the Hillary Clinton's, Chuck Schumer, Watermelon Head, Adam Schiff. Uh, he did a very pointed uh, attack on John Fetterman, uh, who's basically like a retarded version of Shrek, <laughs> who's, who's Dr. Oz's general election uh, campaign opponent. And, you know, he's already decided not to appear before the first debate and uh, has turned it down. So now there's two more scheduled debates. We're going to see if these two, I think that would be pretty much the deciding factor for Oz there and what they're calling a hotly contested race, but it shows that he's pulled possibly past the margin of error and and, uh, maybe a couple percentage points up, but let's hear Donald Trump lay into a retard Shrek a little bit. Fetterman supports taxpayer funded drug dens and the complete decriminalization of illegal drugs, including heroin, cocaine, crystal meth, and ultra-lethal fentanyl. And by the way, he takes them himself. (laughs) What? (laughs) Just wanted to sneak that one in there. Wow. And and by the way. I heard he does them. I love it. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, he wears a hoodie all summer. It's he wears, weird. Like he, he wears cargo shorts and a hoodie, which is essentially like my dad outfit for anywhere I go with my kids. Well, you know who else wears hoodies in all weather? Hmm. Homeless crackheads. Oh, they certainly do. Almost, it's true. Yeah. Oh, speaking of hoodies, I just got my Cash Patel hoodie in the mail today. Oh, nice! I can't wait to wear it. They are comfy. They are. They're really nice and soft. My wife's gonna steal it. I have too many hoodies. You never have too many hoodies. No, like I legit too many hoodies. Um, they yeah, just get dog hair all over them. In case you haven't heard, oh. which he uses, <laughs> which he uses. It was I wonder a, if he uses the rainbow ones. That I heard out. he uses oh, them. The very dangerous rainbow skittles. He talked about those. Uh, it was at that point that Donald Trump called the first murder skittles of his guests up, not the Hunter <laughs> Biden ones. Ooh. <laughs> up on stage, and it would be Dr. Oz. Let's hear him get into it. His air conditioning is not working too well. It's about 100 degrees up here. I'm sweating like a dog, but I'm, I'll call Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz, am I okay, doctor? Am I okay? He says yes. Pennsylvania, we have one question, one important question we have to answer by November 8th. Are you ready for it? Is the country headed in the right direction. If your friends say yes, take away their car keys, they should not be driving. (laughs) Doctor's orders. In that condition, Mm. people should stay home. But if the answer is no, we've got a big problem. This country has dramatically turned in the wrong direction. I'm the person for change. I'll make the change based on our family values here in Pennsylvania because I believe in the American dream. I am part of the American dream. My whole life has been about hard work, 
and earning and supporting other Americans, because that's what Americans do. I believe we can make safe cities, streets, and communities. I believe we can have a secure border and allow legal immigration, but not the fentanyl brought by traffickers bringing human beings and fentanyl from China, which took 100,000 lives last year. And I know people in this audience have been hurt by fentanyl. I believe we can have an economy that helps the American people, but most importantly, I believe in each and every one of you, and so should you. God bless you. I endorse that guy, and I'm telling you, I will always tell you this. I'll tell you the truth, and he is going to be a phenomenal representative for Pennsylvania. You got to vote him in. Thank you very much for the, what you have to put up with, Lisa. Thank you. There's giving a little credit to All his right. wife. You know, fact of the matter is, what seemed as might have been like kind of a blandish candidate, uh, we, we have to re remember a couple facts. Dr. Oz won a heated primary against a Trump loyalist. That's number one. People stop shitting on him yet? Well, th they have. You know what's pretty funny? I, I, I pointed this out to somebody the other day. You know, we, could, we know that, that there are big facets of Trump world who are pissed at like people like Jack Posobiec for the for the Oz bashing, mm -hmm. and and we, we we know that they've they've told us specific things about you know being on his own program, and he should remember where he got his voice and followers from. Uh, partially, it's probably due to the hard work that he does, but you know if you didn't have somebody like Donald Trump to cover you, then then all those exposés you would be writing about him wouldn't really go anywhere because they wouldn't exist. Uh, but you know we're now at two major speaking events, SAS, and the Pennsylvania rally that he attended, and. Mm, no photo ops together. A lot of photo ops with other people. No photo ops with Poso. Mm. So, you know, I, I, listen, you got to go. Tell no, you nobody go, puts Poso in the corner. You got to go tell daddy you're sorry for, for shit talking. There was a sign that said no cucks allowed to take photos with Donald J. Trump. Stop it. Mm. We don't say stuff like that on Steak for Breakfast. We point out the facts. And the facts of the matter are is that it's time to end the bullshit and the Dr. Oz bashing. We bashing we all celebrated Mehmet monday yesterday I, I put up a pretty fire video of it i sent it to noah uh, of dr oz loading and shooting shotguns and, and going on long runs with with energized eyes nice and uh you know it's it's one of those things right now where listen all of the rhetoric the debate that was primary election season it's over today is yeah. tuesday september 6th we are 63 days away from the ballot box who we have listen Swallowing the pill that is pieces of shit like Corey Mills is one of the hardest ones that I'll ever have to swallow because we were so Team Sabatini, and Anthony Sabatini is so much more qualified and able-bodied to hold America first up in Congress. And Corey Mills is literally the second-coming two-eyed version of Dan Crenshaw. You know, However, <laughs> Florida 7 is a flippable house seat, and I, from here on out, will be sharing all of Corey Mills' cringeworthy material to hope that he gets elected to the House of Representatives for that additionally flipped seat come November 8th. That's the mission that we're on now. Oh, We've got a lot more America First. Every time somebody the... brings up Crenshaw, I get mad. I fucking... Ooh. Crenshaw? Crenshaw. Yeah, me we, too. We got a lot more America First than Rhino's. Uh, in the numbers heading into the general election, we hope that the overwhelming majority of the voted in America First will help the rhinos go on the America First path. Uh, it seems like the nationalist populist path is the one that's going to be more favorable, uh, have, have an attempt to stop the Biden regime from their ridiculous rule right now. And, you know, th the way it is, is 
you're not going to last very long in Congress if, if, if you're not holding the line for the things that you run on. Uh, you know, there's there's been several candidates and pundits who have come on the show that say people have, like, kind of gravitated towards or grifted on America first uh, as part of their campaign platform. House seats are two years, and you'll be fucking out. Uh, and we'll be saying we told you so if, if that's the path you're going to take. And, and we hope it's not. We hope we can fix a lot of things. Uh, but, but that's the fact of the matter. We've been told Dr. Oz has reassured Donald Trump he is going to vote MAGA and vote no on Mitch McConnell for Senate leadership. You don't need him to do anything else as a senator from Pennsylvania except jump on a future MAGA legislator and then threaten Joe Biden with shutting down the government if he doesn't do things like shut down the U.S. southern border. And that's what he's going to do. I I feel like he's going to do it. It's not like he's just going to go there and be friends with Mitch McConnell. This is is Mitch McConnell's swan song anyway. Mm Um but, yeah, that's neither here nor there. Let's not stick too much on that because it was a good portion of the speaking event. Gubernatorial candidate and frequenter of Steak for Breakfast, great friend, Doug Mastriano. I was actually texting with him on, on Twitter uh, Sunday morning after he got out of church and, and, and said that it was awesome. And he said every time he goes to something like that, the experience, like, outdoes itself. And, and he was there and had just received the endorsement at the previous Pennsylvania rally, but didn't get called up on stage. This time he did as part of the uh, featured speakers. And uh, I want to play a little clip from the uh, future governor of Pennsylvania. You know, my opponent has been the attorney general for six years, and the guy's a big failure. On his watch, crime has gone up 37%. Murders have doubled. We're the 12th worst homicides in the nation. Fentanyl deaths, number four worst in the nation. Shame on him. He ignores the horrors of sex trafficking while he advances his own political fortunes. He wants to roll back 50 years of women achievements in sports by having men dominate girls' teams. That's extreme. Like the elitist that he is, Shapiro's for school choice for himself, but not for us. He's like that guy in, uh, at Seinfeld, you know, no soup for you, no school choice for you. You like him, Noah. Yeah. He sued, Shapiro sued, to keep your kids masked up. Yep. Big time loser. He sued to keep your businesses shut down. He's not a man of the people, he's a man of his party politics. We're going to win by talking about that dirty laundry list and about our vision for Pennsylvania. On day one, we're going to roll back Reggie and drill and dig like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah. We're going to do it. Pennsylvania is going to become the number one wealthiest state in the nation under Mastriano. Yep. On day one. On day one and done. Any mask mandates or COVID jab requirements are done and over forever. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's going to happen. On day one, no critical race theory anymore in Pennsylvania schools. They adore him there. Yeah. And um, I'm telling you what, he's running on a legitimate platform. Protect the middle class. Protect the children. And protect our sovereignty in regards to the history of this country. And it's resonating. Uh, you know, we're always going to have to deal with places like New York, or I'm sorry, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. However, I, I think it's the combination of the two, Oz Mastriano at the top of the ticket, 
Dr. Oz kind of brings in those walkaway Dems, those moderate Republicans and uh, independents. And, you know, it's like, well, Donald Trump endorsed Dr. Oz. I kind of like him. Uh, Doug Mastrano's on the ticket with him. I, I might not know as much about him or thought he was kind of like, uh, you know, super pro MAGA. But if, Donald, if they're kind of both endorsed by Donald Trump, maybe I'll just vote for both of them. I don't really see the ticket getting. Listen, Josh Shapiro's a piece of shit. And he literally campaigned on, we hope Doug Mastriano uh, is the nominee because that's who we want to run up against. That's going to wind up biting him in the ass big time. I hope so. It certainly <laughs> will. And because we've got uh, Trump endorsed, uh, America first, House nominee Jim Bognett coming in next segment, I skipped his you know uh, recorded audio from the rally and wanted to play something else. Someone who's been on the show before, Cynthia Hughes, and she runs the January 6th Patreon Freedom Project uh, because she has a family member who's been in the gulag for, for over a year. Did we have her on? We yeah, did we have did. her on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Erica Knight, who's one of our great friends, she's dealing with a little stuff uh, at home right now, but me and her are going to have, like, a teleconference tomorrow and get all of our guests lined up figured out for the rest of, uh, you know, because she's been trying to line up, like, Chris Miller and um, Anita Habba. And, and, and a couple other people for us. But, um, you know, she wants Cynthia to come back on the show. Well, we on Steak for Breakfast had her on the first time, and we did it in an attempt to get her message to President Trump. Apparently, whether it be from Liz Harrington, Christina Bob, or whoever in between, her message did get to President Trump. And just a f- few short months later, she took the stage at the Save America rally to talk about the January 6th debacle and what's going on with these people. And I brought the clip so you guys could hear it. Founder of the Patriot Freedom Project, a foundation started after the arrest of my nephew, who has been languishing behind the walls of a D.C. jail almost two years for his participation in the January 6th rally. Mm. He committed no acts of violence, and he assaulted no one that day. He has no criminal history. He served his country as an Army Reservist for almost 12 years before being thrown out by this government when his charges had not even been adjudicated. He went to the nation's capital to hear his president speak. He dressed in a suit and tie and his favorite hat. Tim wanted to take part in what he thought was going to be a historical event. Instead, he witnessed a horror show. Tim, along with many others, was recently found guilty by a D.C. jury on a charge of obstruction of an official proceeding. All jury trials, all jury trials have resulted in guilty verdicts in record time, and many are being forced into horrific plea deals. This is why all January 6th cases should be litigated outside of Washington, D.C. Agreed. Tim, as well as many others, are being held in solitary confinement for more than one year now, denied basic human rights. He can't shave, no religious services, no family visitation. There's more than 95 Americans being held in many jails around the country, denied due process. Mm. And I'm absolutely ridiculous. 
And uh, we really appreciate all the work and advocacy she's doing for these people. Um, well, she's probably one of the only people saying shit about him anymore. Everybody else has kind of forgot him. Fortunately, now moving forward, Donald Trump most likely will be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the big component there is just continuing the awareness. And anybody who listens or knows people, legally stuff... It seems like people from the Trump team are going to be working on this a little bit more diligently, and we, we really appreciate that. We appreciate her, and she will be joining us again uh, this month in September. We're going to iron out a date with her probably tomorrow, and we'll tease it on our Friday edition of the show what day she's going to be circling back with us. But uh, I just I just don't know how you can not look at that and say that it's a conflict. Like You're going to hold these people as political prisoners for most of them doing absolutely nothing. Like If somebody, you know lob shit at the police or, you know, hit somebody with a chair, did whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Leave them in there. But a lot of these people literally walked through there like tourists after being motioned to come inside. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think that holding them in prison for how long has it been now? Almost two years. Almost two years. Mm-hmm. You don't think they're just going to plead whatever you want them to? Like, hey, we'll give you a deal. We'll let you out right now. But you have to say that you're a domestic violent extremist mm-hmm. and you're sorry. And that you Some of the disavow Donald Trump. Too. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a former New York City cop. Uh, the, I believe there was no violence in, in, in anything that he did. And he was sentenced to 10 years. Yep. They just had a. Is that, um, is that the guy that's friends with Roger Stone? No, 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 no. That's that. That was that was Sal Greco. He was just fired by. He was never arrested. Yeah, he, he got was fired. Just fired yeah, by he got the fired. NYPD. For, it's funny. For being with Roger Stone on January fifth and being friends with him, even though you know Roger Stone received a, a, a full a full pardon, it, it's it's unbelievable. He's now suing the city for twenty five million dollars, and he's going to win. Oh, he's going to win sure. big time because yeah. what what do you do when like one one of the biggest things is you know when, when they when they we've talked to so many people who who are involved. You can't control the actions of your adult family members. So saying you know somebody like Roger Stone and the fact that he was a felon for five minutes and then presidentially pardoned, which means he's not a felon anymore. Yeah, you can't mm-hmm. get him for... It would be the same thing as if your brother got arrested for, for buying dope and he was convicted of a felony, and now that's your brother. So when you go to do, like let's say, like a background check or something, that comes up as a red flag. Well, you can't not brother your brother. So right. what happens if someone was accused of something, convicted of something, but then pardoned of something, which means, you know... it's Essentially, it's, it didn't happen. Yes, it's it's just ridiculous. Some of the it's a virtue single, but stuff like that literally ruins people's lives. Um, and, well, that's the point. It's they want to ruin. Mm-hmm. They're they're weaponizing these agencies to ruin dissenters' lives, yeah. and that is the third world country dictatorship fucking playbook. And a lot of this circles back to what happened during the twenty twenty presidential election, and something that someone should be ashamed of themselves for. You'll never guess who it was, Noah, but we're going to hear it. According to pollsters, it made a 10 to 20 point difference, not even including all of the other totally determinative evidence of illegality that was found having to do with the 2020 presidential election scam, including ballot stuffing and not adhering to the laws, rules, and regulations of state legislatures, which is totally illegal. They just did whatever they wanted to do. And frankly, Republicans locally that ran things in a lot of states should be ashamed of themselves. Mm -hmm. Should be ashamed of themselves. And a guy like Mitch McConnell, 
who allowed this stuff to happen sounds like they love should Mitch. be scorned he should be <laughs> scorned the 2020 election was rigged and stolen and now our country is being destroyed by people who got into office through cheating and through fraud yep now watch the cameras will all turn off as soon as i say that because they're not allowed to put that on the cameras they'll all turn off they don't want to hear that they don't want to hear that you know why but Republican leadership just doesn't fight because in many cases they are intimidated and they're afraid. They're actually afraid. Republicans must get tougher and stronger and fast. I'll tell you what, we already know the relationship between Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell is over and irreparable. Yeah. Yes. That is a shot across the bow of Kevin McCarthy. It has to be. When you say Republican leadership, he's not trying to make friends with Mitch McConnell anymore. Donald Trump met with Rick Scott two weeks ago, and a week ago Rick Scott put out that huge op-ed that told Mitch McConnell, if he doesn't like the candidates that are up on the slate for 2022, shut your fucking mouth and get out of the fucking way and let somebody else lead. Yeah. Rick, Rick Scott's the only person with a national network set up to challenge Mitch McConnell for leadership in the, in the house. I don't like all of the things that he does. Like I didn't like his voting record on Ukraine, but Donald Trump endorsed his like 11 point plan to save America, which is essentially like the MAGA pillars. And, and I think if anybody's going to be able to give Mitch McConnell and John Thune a run for their money, because John Thune's like the Lieutenant minority leader of the Senate. He's who's Mitch McConnell has groomed for the last decade to take over for him when he leaves. And we cannot have that. I think Donald Trump will find somebody to primary John Thune the next election cycle. But Rick Scott needs to, to rally around. Well, first of all, we need to get all these candidates in. Five minimum, the five big states, uh, Blake Masters, Adam Lexalt, um, obviously Dr. Oz, Herschel Walker, and uh, who am I missing right now? There's one more big battleground state that, uh, that has a senator up there. Um, well, regardless... We, oh, and J.D. Vance in Ohio. We, we, we cannot lose that seat. But but now people like Don Bullock in, in, in New Hampshire, he's polling dozens of, of points higher than any of his Republican uh, challengers, and he's already almost tied with the incumbent uh, senator there. If we can flip New Hampshire, that would be crazy. Connecticut's also in play, too, with Leora Levy I saw the other day. She's within three or four points of the margin of error, and we're still, you know, 60-plus days out from the general election. So you you, you got to think, getting a team together that's going to challenge Mitch McConnell is going to come by getting these people over the finish line on November 8th. And uh, I, I think it's like the the largest thing right now that you're going to see the the mainstream media try to you know, turn into shit is going to be the uh, announcement of the end of the red wave before we even get to the midterms. Mm. I know. And it's something we have to, uh, you know, really keep advocating for. Like, stuff like th that's going on with, with Cynthia Hughes and, and that J6 Freedom Foundation, amazing. Stuff that's going mm. on with School Board, amazing. All the stuff that's coming out about COVID, amazing. Uh, rising crime rates, record inflation, energy prices about to go through the roof as we enter the holiday those two big Biden America last policies, the chip acts and the inflation non-reduction act are going to be hitting your wallet uh, right around the end of November and heading into the holiday season. All super really important stuff that is going to affect us negatively. Oh, don't forget the strategic oil reserve uh, X million fucking barrels a day or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
that's about to end too. Yeah, lowest number since the uh, 70s right now. No, but I mean all the extra oil, oil that, that he's been dumping out to try to control the inflation gas prices. We're not going to have that 15 cent pump at the pump anymore? No. <laughs> now you're about to get better figure it out. But bumped at the pump. You guys see uh Trump's holding a rally in Ohio on the 17th. Yes, that will be the next one and and I was going to wait need, you're going to need more I did that stickers. Uh, I was going to wait to tease that, but I've heard. Oh, I'm sorry. Between sorry. between now and November eighth, anywhere between thirty and thirty five rallies. Nice. We're going to be getting Donald Trump midweek. He'll be returning to Pennsylvania and doing all the states that he needs to go to on multiple occasions, probably. Uh, but the fact of the matter, and regarding all that stuff that I just laundry list of things that are affecting us negatively, got to close our eyes, got to bite the wooden spoon like you're about to get it, and you just got to put your head down till November eighth. All of those issues we can find solutions to in January of 2023, 100 percent, because it's going to be like. You shut down the southern border or we shut down the government. You fund the police or we shut down the government. You end student loan forgiveness or we shut down the government. That's the way it's going to be from here on. You end the Biden agenda by literally ending the Biden agenda or you shut down the government because they've done absolutely nothing for you for the past two years. That's the way it is. Yeah. It's the only solution. They will send legislation to Joe Biden's desk that will stop the problems that are happening across this country and throughout the world. And if he refuses to sign them, they will shut down the government. And they're going to piss and moan. Oh, he's, he's going to shut down the government. They're so mean. It's like, well, unfuck yourself. At this point, I'd rather <laughs> them not work for us. And, yeah. and we'll outline that in a lot more in the outro. Only place you're going to hear it anywhere in the country besides the Trump rally live is on Steak for Breakfast. Let's get into it. In conclusion, our MAGA movement, Make America Great Again, is by far the greatest political movement in the history of our country. Together we are standing up against some of the most menacing forces, entrenched interests, and vicious opponents our people have ever seen. Despite great outside dangers, our biggest threat remains the sick, sinister, and evil people from within our own country. But no matter how big or powerful the corrupt, radical left Democrats are, and they are corrupt and they are powerful, we have to make them much less powerful. We will never allow anyone to forget that this nation does not belong to them. This nation belongs to you. This is your home, this is your heritage, and our American liberty is your God-given right. From Allentown to Johnstown, from Harrisburg to Pittsburgh, and from Philadelphia to Scranton, PA, we stand on the shoulders of American legends who poured out their blood, sweat, and tears for our rights and for our freedom. They were so great. Pennsylvania is where our founding fathers declared American independence. It's where the army weathered its brutal winter at Valley Forge, where General George Washington led his men on a daring mission across the Delaware, and where our union was saved by immortal heroes at Gettysburg. And this is the state where generations of tough, strong Pennsylvania miners, factory workers, and steel workers forged the greatest nation in the history of the world. 
But now we are a nation in decline. We are a nation that is failing. We are a nation that has the highest inflation in over 50 years and where the stock market just finished the worst first half of the year since 1872. Likewise, we are a nation that has the highest energy costs in its history. We are no longer energy independent or energy dominant as we just were two short years ago. We are a nation that is begging Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, and many others for oil. Please, please, please help us, Joe Biden says. Yet we have more liquid gold right under our feet than any other country in the world. We are a nation that is consumed by the radical left's Green New Deal. Yet everyone knows that the Green New Deal will lead to our destruction. We are a nation that is surrendering all over, but in particular to Afghanistan, leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment anywhere in the world. We are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people, and it will only get worse. It would never have happened with me as your Commander-in-Chief, and for four long years, it didn't happen. Never happened. And China, with Taiwan, is next. We are a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never before. We've got a Federal Bureau of Investigation that won't allow bad election-changing facts to be presented to the public, and a Department of Justice that refuses to investigate egregious acts of voting, irregularities and fraud. And we have a president who is cognitively impaired and in no condition to lead our country, and everybody knows it. We are a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is all you get, and they are truly the enemy of the people. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed where crime is rampant like never before, where the economy has been collapsing, where more people died of COVID in 2021 than did in 2020. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon, which they are incredibly being allowed to do right now in China, to use trillions and trillions of dollars that is taken from us to build a military to rival our own. And just two years ago, we had Iran, China, Russia, and North Korea in check. Mm -hmm. They weren't going to do a thing against us, and everybody knows it. And perhaps most importantly, we are a nation that is no longer respected or listened to around the world. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke.
We are a nation that is hostile to liberty, freedom, and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every single list. But we are not going to let this continue. Two years ago, we had the greatest election that we've ever had, but it was taken away from us. We weren't allowed to use the power of the people to make America great again. Two years ago, we also had greatness like no one had ever seen. And soon we will have that greatness again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country. And it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. We will stand up to the radical left lunatics and the rhinos, and we will fight for America like no one has ever fought before. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot meet. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend, we will not break, we will not yield. We will never give in, we will never give up. We will never, ever, ever back down. As long as we are confident and united, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a chance because we are Americans and Americans kneel to God and God alone. My fellow citizens, this incredible journey we are on together has only just begun, and it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious American nation. So with the help of everyone here today and citizens all across our land, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. Thank you very much. God bless you all. Thank you, Pennsylvania. Thank you. Damn! I like it. Let's do it. Of course, he busted out the dance moves.
Hell yeah. That was good. And, and, and music backed to uh, in the segment. That was a little bit new with some new material in there. He couldn't really go off teleprompter and after in conclusion this time because uh, there was a lot of new stuff written in there. And, and I think that the uh, message hit home. It was definitely the counter narrative to the Joe Biden speech a little over a week ago. And uh, probably the shot in the arm that we all needed. We saw, like we said, the legacy media react with saying that the red wave is over. And we all know, like everything else they said, it's it's pretty much unadulterated lies. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we're at. I don't know, Alan, what do you think? I still think the Alaska rally was his only one that was over 9 out of 10 on the scale. But I'm giving this one a uh, 8.95. Um, partially for new material, but energy level as well. That crowd was one of the uh, loudest we've heard yet. And I think once he gets used to some of the new material that's written in there, it's going to flow a little bit more smoothly. And, uh, you know, we'll just keep track of it. We've already seen he's announced the Ohio rally today, and there's going to be at least 30, probably more between now and uh, November 7th. I think the best is yet to come, boys. Mm. I like that. Factual. If you're talking about our show, you're not wrong, because what we're about to do is uh, jump in with two America First candidates. We're going to be catching up with Jim Bognett on the campaign trail, and then we're going to have a California 18 newly redrawn district. Peter Hernandez joining us for the first time. All right, joining us next on the show today, he is the Trump-endorsed America First Republican nominee running in Pennsylvania 8. He just uh, spoke and participated in the Save America rally in Pennsylvania over the weekend, and he's joining us back on the show today for a big update. Mr. Jim Bognett, thanks for coming on Stay for Breakfast. Hey, man, thanks for having me. This is great. We've been with you all this campaign, so it's great to be back as we enter the home stretch. certainly is. We're uh, now less than, what, we're about 63 days out before we head to the ballot box? Yep, nine weeks from today, as President Trump would say, we can save America. So we're excited about that. And you're one of the people right at the forefront, sir. How's everything going on the campaign trail? We feel great. I mean, my opponent is running scared. His past is a defund the police, uh, raise taxes on small businesses, uh, plaintiff's attorney, guy who voted with uh, Joe Biden 100% of the time and is in Nancy Pelosi's leadership. His past is really starting to haunt him as uh, we've gotten that message out. Uh, we've seen an incredible amount of enthusiasm. This is Joe Biden's home district, as you all know. Uh, Scranton Joe claims to be from Scranton, even though he left in 1953, 22 years before I was born. Huh. And the people up here have really turned on him. When I win this race in 63 days, the headline in all the national papers is going to say, Joe Biden's liberal agenda repudiated in his hometown. Yeah, this this midterm election is one of the biggest referendum ones, I think, in the history of our country right now. And uh we definitely saw the compare and contrast over the weekend. Joe Biden did his Labor Day speeches throughout the state of Wisconsin to, uh, well, probably paid dozens of spectators. And on Saturday night out there in Pennsylvania, Donald Trump had a uh, about a 12,000-person venue over capacity with people watching on big screens outside as he rocked Pennsylvania for the Save America rally. It wasn't your first rodeo, Jim, Number as speaking or being a participant in the Save America rally, but we're going to break it down in the show today. How was the vibe there on Saturday night? Well, it was amazing. I mean, I, I, w- I want to go back to your comparison. Last Tuesday, a week ago, Biden came up here to campaign for Cartwright. Uh, 
They couldn't get 200 people there. Uh, Biden prattled on about nonsense, uh, said the real reason I'm up here is to save Matt Cartwright's job. Um, you know, we tell your listeners, go to uh, BeatScrantonJoe.com. They could see footage, BeatScrantonJoe.com and support my campaign. So then we get to Saturday and we have President Trump up here. There were 3,000 people in line when I got there six hours before he was uh, to speak. I went uh, around the line, shook people's hands. There were people in from Nebraska, Georgia, but most of the folks were from Pennsylvania, and they were excited. When we went inside, by the time my speech started, uh, we had every seat in the house full. The energy was off the charts. We have some great pictures on our website, Bognet for Congress, of me and the crowd. People are fired up, uh, wearing amazing shirts. Uh, the, the energy was palpable. And then when the president uh, got on stage, President Trump got on stage, people were, were going crazy. They were just so excited. Um, they want the America First agenda back. They want to have a border wall. They want to stand up to China. Uh, they want all the things that we've been fighting for on the campaign trail. So it was amazing to have President Trump point at me, tell me to stand up, and then draw. he drew a contrast between me and what I believe and what my opponent believes. And he pointed out to everybody that my opponent votes with Pelosi 100% of the time yep. and will be a rubber stamp for her leadership. So we're very excited to have President uh, Trump in town. It is Trump country in northeast Pennsylvania, so it was great to have him here. Yeah, it certainly was. And when you talk about that Pennsylvania ticket right now, we see one of the – it's probably one of the best tickets you can uh, as far as Trump endorsees go. Doug Mastriano is frequent on this show. He's been on several times with us, and we really love the message that he's getting out there. It seems that Dr. Oz is really surging, and I don't think people give it enough credit. Dr. Oz won – a really huge primary against an America first Trump loyal uh, candidate in, in a hard fought battle and then has done the best job he has could to, to unify the ticket. He caters to a lot of the moderates and walk away Dems and definitely independents in places like Pennsylvania. I don't think people give him enough credit for that. And, and just to see the flavors that all three of you guys bring to the ticket, it, it, it's one of the best ones in the country. And we feel that, uh, you know, come election day, that you guys are all going to have some pretty big success. Well, we're showing great stuff in our polls up here. I'm already beating my opponent, who's a 10-year incumbent, hasn't done anything in 10 years. You know, my opponent, Cartwright and Shapiro, are both plaintiff's attorneys. They go around suing small business owners yep. uh, to put money in their pocket. Uh, and Oz's opponent, you know, uh, Fetterman, uh, you know, I don't even know if that guy is right. Um, you know, in the head right now. He, he, uh, he thinks we should legalize marijuana. Uh, he thinks we should let half of the prisoners out of the prisons. And uh, he's been facing some serious health problems. Yeah. So I just think when you look at it, um, we're being hired to do jobs. This isn't a personality contest. Will you go to D.C. and Harrisburg and do the job? And to me, I see it as my job is to stand up to Joe Biden. My opponent sees his job is to hang out with Joe Biden. We did a TV ad. It has a picture of my opponent, Cartwright, and Joe Biden uh, mugging for the cameras wearing uh, tuxedos. These are dudes that have been in D.C. for far too long. Joe Biden got to D.C. three years before I was born, and I'm 47 years old. And Matt Cartwright's been there a decade. Yep. I don't know. Can you guys think of one positive thing that either of those two guys have done for the American people? No, I, I didn't even know who this guy was until you started pointing out his record. Then when I dug into it, I was absolutely appalled. Yeah, we need to take back our country. We need to have a red wave. Um, you know, we were talking before we went on air about Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi came to Congress in 1987. She's made over $100 million since she's been in Congress. My opponent came to Congress 10 years ago. He's made over $10 million while he's been in Congress. These people do not care about me, you, and our listeners. 
They care about their own pocketbook. And we've seen my opponent doesn't pay his taxes on his houses. He commutes back and forth to D.C. on a private jet, and he owns four mansions across the country. How can people like him and Pelosi represent people like you and me? No, you make you make a great point, and I, I just want to re- let our listenership remember we've had Jim on the show so many times. It, it's pretty funny. The last time he actually got to D.C. and was was working as a Trump appointee, as soon as he heard that the Save America movement was going to be something that he was looking for the biggest, strongest, toughest, most America first candidates for, you couldn't get out of D.C. fast enough to get back to Pennsylvania and get in this House race. Well, I was honored to work for President Trump on manufacturing jobs. I believe that the decimation of our manufacturing in Pennsylvania is a crime that has been committed against us by the Chinese. But when the guy who represents my hometown, this guy Cartwright, voted twice for the impeachment of our president, I just thought that was beyond the pale. And the first time he voted for impeachment, as much as I love working in the Trump administration, I decided that the best way that I could help our country was to get rid of this guy, Matt Cartwright. And that's what I've been trying to do for two and a half years. And here's the good news. In 63 days, he'll be gone and we'll have a Republican majority in the House of Representatives. Which is the last thing I wanted to talk to you about, Jim. I think it's the most important we do a lot of, you know, comprehensive coverage and analysis of the news. It looks like the failed Middle East trip, the two huge America last pieces of legislation that Joe Biden was able to get through the Senate and his awful speech, which demonized the entire, uh, you know, voter base of MAGA uh, a little bit more than a week ago, have all been quickly whisked out of the news cycle. And now all I'm seeing on a lot of the legacy media sites is comparative analysis of how uh, a red wave is not coming. You go to these rallies, you see these candidates, you see how many nominees have already made it over the finish line and are heading into the general direction. They are trying to demoralize the base right now because they know they're not going to get Donald Trump with the Mar-a-Lago raid. We've already seen he's going to get a special master. Uh, we have a lot of these people out there who are fighting hard-fought battles, and you're seeing a lot of people at the top of tickets, House, Senate, and Governor, where the general election opponents are just straight-up refusing to debate because they know it's Joe Biden's voting record and how bad this country is right now versus uh, the America First policies that made this country thrive for four years under President Trump. What can you say to everyone listening today, not just about Pennsylvania 8, but how important it is to stay laser-focused on wherever they're living and to make sure we hit this uh, home stretch harder than ever to get these people over the finish line to make sure we win back both chambers in November? Well, there's no doubt about it. This election is a referendum on Joe Biden's failed leadership. And it's a referendum on the House Democrats who have been with Biden every step of the way, like my opponent. So what I'd say is my message, and I hope the message of my colleagues, uh, Republican challengers that are running, if you like the way the country's going, if you like $4 a gallon gasoline, open borders, uh, bowing to China, maybe you should consider voting for my opponent. But if you think we need a change, if you think that the constitutional republic that our founders gave us, which counts on limited government, but also divided government, where one party doesn't control everything, as right now the Democrats do in D.C., if you believe we can do better as a country and that change is needed to save our country and save our collective soul, I would ask you to vote for me. I would ask you to go to bognetforcongress.com and donate. I would ask you to go to stop. Uh, excuse me, beatscrantonjoe.com and learn about my opponent's record. We have the power in our hands to change our country and save America. But the only way it happens is if all of us do our part, and that's knocking on doors, that's making donations, that's talking to your friends. We can't sit on our butt and expect it'll just happen by magic. We owe it to our founders, to the people who've died for this country, to go out and work every day for the next 63. And if we do that, 
we're going to be very happy on November 9th. That's that's pretty awesome commentary right now. We have to fight like hell to get to the ballot box so candidates like Jim Bognet could fight like hell for us in Congress come January next year. Thank you guys for having me on. Really appreciate it. Keep fighting. Keep doing what you're doing. Get the message out. This is the America First Trump-endorsed nominee, Pennsylvania 8. Wishing him the best of luck. Jim Bognet, you take care. Thank you, sir. All right, jumping in next on the show with us today, he'll be joining us for the first time. Uh, he's running for U.S. House seat in the newly drawn California 18, and we're excited to have him. Peter Hernandez, thanks for coming on Steak for Breakfast. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me. No, it's our pleasure, sir. How's everything going with you? So we're, we're working hard. We're uh, talking to tons of voters. We actually just did uh, about 30. We finally hit about 35,000 voters via uh, phone banking and we're door knocking in every county. I have a team of about 80 volunteers, so it's been awesome. No, we uh, we know that the ground game is a, is a crucial component to all the success that the candidates have been having uh, this election season. Now, when you're getting out there in that new, newly drawn district of, of California 18, what are some of the things you're seeing on the campaign trail that resonate biggest with the voters? What are their largest concerns? I mean, California gets hit probably harder than almost anywhere else in the country uh, with some of the things that are affecting them and, and their choice of the ballot box in November. So uh, as you guys know, the majority of California is Latino voters. This district is officially majority Latino. It's because it's a brand new district. And uh, talking to the, the majority of voters, obviously not just Latinos, but I definitely know that that sentiment of, of frustration, the disconnect between the policies that are in place right now and, and the, the average everyday person that's struggling with, with uh, you know, inflation, increases in gas prices, right? Uh, everybody's expenses are going up and their, and their bottom line isn't. So, yeah, between that and then I would say uh, the, this new shift, from the Latino voter who's definitely starting to rethink things. I actually had two family members who are hardcore Democrats came up to me and it's funny because they were almost uncomfortable in their skin telling me, Peter, you know, I hate to say, it, but I think I'm going to have to vote Republican this year. So, uh, and then as I'm talking to the Spanish speaking Latino voter, uh, a cute peculiar thing is, is they're very much conservative, right? It's not a hard thing to get that out of them, right? When you have these conversations, they don't connect with necessarily Republicanism, right? Because there's definitely this misnomer, the media, you know, bias, all of that. Sure. At the end of the day, though, what they what they definitely connect with is valores uh, conservativos, which is basically conservative values. They know that uh, they love their family, they love their faith, they love their individuality. I mean, we're as bootstrap as it gets. We're the first ones to be willing to sell food on the street. You know, and, and work work for whatever we can get and take care of our families. We believe in the dignity of work. And uh, those are the kind of things that start permeating out of the conversation. So when I say I am uh, your conservative, uh, uh, you know, candidate, then they, they totally connect with it. Obviously, they see that I'm, one of, I'm, I'm a Latino, so by default, that makes it easier to connect with me. So it's just a unique moment in time where now you're officially seeing the conservative sentiment start to permeate amongst the Latino community. I think your track record is some of the one of the things too that has to be resonating with the voters. Not only have you created jobs as a small business owner, but you've also worked on the county board of supervisors there, showing that not only do you understand the legislation and all the things that could be going on in Washington D.C. at the time when you get into elected office, you also know how you know these America Last policies that we've seen come from the Biden regime uh, have really hurt people, especially the small business owners, as their attack on the middle class is uh, you know in, in in full effect right now, probably more than ever. A hundred percent. The destruction of the middle class has been such a, a painful element of the, of the, the voters 
to where, yeah, now um, people are really connecting with with wanting to now have a sense of authority over their lives versus entitlement, right? Now they're starting to see there really is only two options. You either have opportunity or you have a handout and uh, it just doesn't connect with who we are. So you're having folks basically seeing, you know, a guy like me who pushes for not just uh, representation, but education, those things become uh, important to the to the voter and they start to see that, well, especially when I start to reference the policies that I've pushed for as a local guy, you know, whether it's uh, involving their voice in the process when it came to the lockdowns and the business owners having a chance, a seat at the table to maybe consider new options. I push forward for an informed consent resolution to actually try to educate the public on this virus and on the impacts of a vaccine. They weren't willing to talk about it, but those are the things that they're seeing that I'm willing to fight for them. And obviously, per, you, know, you know, when it came down to the shutdowns, one of my strong statements that I made to the public health officer is, uh, a strong, a good, econ- a healthy economy is good for public health, right? It was always about trying to supposedly preserve the public from risk, which is just outside of, I think it's antithetical to becoming an American and being an American means you're a risk taker, I believe. Uh, and I think that's very much um, consistent with who we, who we are as Latinos and all as American citizens. Yeah, I mean, uh, the proof is in the pudding. You saw places like Florida and Texas, uh, Georgia thrive throughout the course of the pandemic. And you, you saw places like California. That's where we're based out of down here in San Diego. Uh, you know, you, you're up in, in kind of the middle portion of the state right now. Just absolutely get crushed because of those awful policies. And then, you know, over the past couple of weeks, we've, we've seen uh, comparative test scores come out for kids. Testing scores right now have been set back at least 30 to 40 years in regards to reading, writing, and math. Uh, and that's because... You know, long story short, kids just sat in front of a computer and, and, and pressed a button for almost, uh, you know, two years during the course of the pandemic. And, and California was one of the places that really didn't care to care enough about, you know, kids' education, uh, you know, to, to have to virtue signal for things that uh, in other states they just didn't abide to. And you don't see the test scores really dropping off in places like that like they did in California. Amen. Yeah, one of the biggest, uh, I think, mis- mistakes or missteps of the left has been pushing so hard with these shutdowns, taking people's authority away, because all it did is created questions. And I firmly believe questioning is the beginning of freedom. And that's ultimately what happened through the process is I found myself questioning this process. I actually call the uh, April 28, 2020, the day that I defined the course of my convictions, because I found myself literally writing up a statement, and I'm not a scripted person, but where I basically challenged a public health officer challenged this process, challenged what it meant ultimately, how it actually impacted the public. I questioned not just the lockdowns because of the fact that you're taking away people's freedom, but also because of what that freedom loss means, right? Loss of education, loss of, a, a you know, uh, income, right? We're supposedly su- su- trying to protect people from or being able to to uh, take care of themselves with their health. But in reality, all we did is, is take them away from health screenings, take them away from, a, from a, having any kind of... of, of access i would say to to uh addressing mental health issues we ended up having increases in suicide rates so i highlighted those things in my questioning and we ended up having sure enough you fast forward to today it's uh i wasn't so such a bad guy i know when i was fighting and i got attacked by some folks but now all of a sudden i wasn't such a bad guy because i was actually pushing which i think is the reality what it means to be an elected official is to question the process so i was i was asking the questions no one else was asking and uh, now all of a sudden, I'm not such a bad guy. 
No, and, and you want to know what? People need to look at it on, on a broader scale. Peter, if you see some of the things that you're talking about, stronger economies, protecting our children, uh, no more lockdowns and, and, and crushing of the, of, the, of the middle class, those are some of the things that really resonated with voters across the country, regardless of party, regardless of what state you're in. And when the dust cleared after the primary season, you're one of the candidates that's heading towards the finish line right now on that big vote on November 8th. We've only got 63 days left now until everybody goes out and makes a choice to take back the House and Senate, which is what we want to ask you lastly. What can you do uh, or, or what do you need from, from the, our listenership? We've got a huge base in California to help out your campaign. Donations coming in from out of state. Uh, what are some things that we could do to help fortify your ground game out there? And then can you give us your campaign website and social medias? Yes, thank you. So the number one thing for sure, because right now I've got a big team built out. We have a game plan. We're implementing that game plan. We're doing a letter writing campaign. But the missing link is spreading the message to every single voter. We need to basically... Uh, overlap when it comes down to engagement that's going to take money so that's the biggest ask is i really need money if we can get that 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 piggy bank to be big enough so that i can have a huge impact we're already starting to see big benefits from the impact that we've already made now it's literally you know if you think about the margin that it's going to take to win we're going to need to hit about a hundred thousand voters to take this district the chances are a hundred percent there every latino that i'm talking to is flipping right they're really excited about this campaign but that just means they have to know who I am so that it's going to take money to do it. My website is uh, HernandezForCongress.com, uh, HernandezForCongress.com, and you can also look me up on Facebook at Peter Hernandez for Congress and uh, Instagram at Hernandez for Congress also. Yeah, we'll live link those in the show description. Hey, Peter, we're going to be sharing the show later. If you want to share it yourself, we'll get uh, you know some more people in here finding out who you are, uh, hearing all about your platform and your plan to renew, restore, and revive California's District 18. Amen. This is Thank the, you guys. No problem. America First candidate joining us first time on the show today. Peter Hernandez, we wish you the best of luck down the stretch. Thanks for coming on Steak for Breakfast. God bless you guys. Take Thank care. you. That's always good catching up with some of our friends. Mm-hmm. Old ones like Jim Bognett, who uh, is still feeling the glow from the Trump rally over the weekend. And then sitting down with Peter Hernandez, who's running in that newly redrawn California 18. I think he's going to uh, do a fairly well job, and we'll be getting a campaign update from him before the general election as well. It's yeah, good. I like him. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of new voices out there. A lot of people rising to the forefront and starting to surge in their uh, races for House, Senate, and governor seats. And um, the mainstream media and our friends in the legacy won't won't let you know that, though. Uh, they don't want to talk about polls. They don't want to talk about how bad the country's doing. They want to talk about bullshit that has nothing to do with anything. I saw a, well, most of the Labor Day holiday was wasted on in the legacy media by panels of um, air quoting now and rolling my eyes experts who, <laughs> who weighed in on all things enemy of the state. And uh, I picked a delicious one to uh, start our news two block off from, from our good friends over at fake news, CNN. Let's jump into it. And David, let me start with you. We just heard from former president Trump as he labeled the justice department and FBI quote, vicious monsters. Mm. And he also called president Biden an enemy of the state. Is he making Accurate. one of the points that President Biden made on Thursday night? Is he Biden. making that point for him? Well, I, th- I think, listen, I think he's playing entirely for Donald Trump. And what we're seeing from Trump in these days is he's going back to a, his classic strategy of deflect and delay. What? Wait, and what? And he's using language. Uh, in these speeches, which are really hyper-partisan kind of speeches, mm. he's using that to deflect. When you call somebody an enemy of the state, as he has done, 
That, in effect, in our country today is, is regarded as treason. That's a charge of treason. Mm, and yeah. normally in our politics, you don't go you don't go there. But if you go there, it deflects attention as he wants to from Biden uh, and and from his legal trouble. But the other thing I think we we're also seeing is the delay tactic. You know, I think with the special master, I'd be curious about what John Dean thinks about this. The, the special master uh, is a delay tactic. This can it could cost weeks and weeks. We're nine right. weeks away, as we all know, from the midterm elections. And if he could get the uh, if he could get the Justice Department to back away for nine weeks, no telling what could happen in the interim period. He could be in a much stronger position if Republicans do really well in the midterm. So I think this delay, deflect and delay, is working. Although it promises a really terrible presidential election. You know, he mm. could be in a much stronger position. Okay, so either what they're doing legally actually has some teeth, or it's just a fucking witch hunt. And it's being used to weaken him and try to invalidate his potential run. So the guy basically just admitted that yeah. it's a fucking, it's, it's an empty fucking suit. It's an empty show. And if they wait too long, he's going to be in a better position. Because if there was anything to it, it wouldn't matter what fucking position he'd be in because they're claiming he's going to be in jail. Right. What's the midterm timeline have to do with anything? We're nine weeks to the midterm. So what? When so you, what does that have to do? It's with when you Trump say the quiet Mar-a-Lago? part out loud. Yeah, it's, it's, right. that, it's that. Can we hurry up with the indictment so we can get him off the Save America rally circuit? Yeah, that's literally what it is. And uh, that's hilarious. That guy just me, fucked let up. Me, let me ask you this, Roan. Even if he did get indicted, why would that knock him off the Save America rally racket? I, it wouldn't. I think he's clever enough that if he does get indicted. He will use that indictment to his advantage. Oh, I think so, too, but I think that's just like... What if Trump just went on, like, a Smokey and the Bandit and he got in, like, the the stage truck and just, like, went across the country on the lamb? You're going to have to start looking for a movie clip for the end of the show now because <laughs> yeah. uh, I think we found it. But, but what they aren't finding is is that, you know, any normal journalist, any real pundit or commentator would have followed up on that and played the clip of Joe Biden basically saying MAGA conservatives have become an, an enemy of the state and then said, now when you say President Trump says this, and, and we are all in agreement, and I'm talking about if I was a commentator for CNN, God forbid, um, mm-hmm. Donald Trump, you know, call the DOJ and FBI monsters and, and Joe Biden an enemy of the state, but is he not just reacting to the commentary here from Joe Biden's speech where he literally called at least 75 million. Donald Trump said the the actual numbers may be up, you know, around 125 million now. Voters, potential voters, enemies of the state themselves. So, but they don't do that. They just be like, oh, yeah, this is Donald Trump just doing what he does, and, and we all hope he gets indicted and goes to jail. And then end clip. No, but he didn't even mention going to jail. He just wants him indicted because it's a, it's a fucking publicity stunt, basically, yep. which we all, all right. know. Speaking of saying the quiet part out loud. Me. Resident racist Joy oh. Reid had Queen of the Ascots, Roland Martin, join her yesterday. Queen of the Ascots. Oh, yes. He, he's, his Ascots are a plenty. And uh, they, they got into a little bit of it. And instead of just kind of giving commentary on... Would you say he puts the ass in Ascot? He certainly does. Commentary <laughs> on the Save America speech, they went right into it and, and, and said where they feel and what their position is on MSDNC that's such a crucial point his followers republican main street establishment republicans are echoing these calls for violence all but threatening it what was your take 
Well, first of all, uh, I have my uh, red LED lighting since the Republicans are so, oh, my God, upset because uh, President Joe Biden, like uh, they claim he, oh, he looked like uh, he was in Russia. <laughs> Pastor Charles Jenkins has uh, an intro to his song War, uh, where he says, when the enemy is coming at you, you can't fall down. You can't break down. This means war. That is where we are. Oh, okay. We are at war with these people. These folks are these evil. People? They have a allowed evil into their house with Donald Trump. He has now dominated the party. This evil is spreading. And when you are in a war footing, you have to respond accordingly. It's about time President Joe Biden decided to get tough. It's about time his advisors stop being weak and stop being impotent and not fighting back. What these people want to do to this country is destroy democracy. They want to rig elections. And so it requires you to stand strong. You don't walk comments back. You don't wilt under the pressure. Republicans and conservatives, they are weak. All they do is whine and complain. Oh, my God. He called us semi-fascists. They have called Democrats uh, Marxists. They have called them communists. Yes, they they are. called them socialists. Yes, they, they have are. called yes. them pedophiles. They are. And yes. all of a sudden, now you get hit and now you start whining. Well, guess what, Democrats? Guess what, Biden? Guess what, fascists. Jamie Harrison, Schumer, Pelosi, and everyone else? You keep hitting. You keep pounding. Because this is about the future of our children. I've got 13 nieces and nephews, and I'd be damned if I'm going to leave a country for them run by these crazed, deranged folks who want to impart evil in every facet of our society. Talk about deflecting. Holy shit. Were, were the crazy, insane people? Yeah, and I see you seething over there. Well, that last party sounded like a, a Republican talking right? about drag queen happy hour in school. I mean, drag queen happy hour? Well, drag queen, I'm sorry, story hour. Happy hour is coming next. Yeah, that'll be next. You know what? I, I would. I think that's a different bar. I would take. I would take all three of us. Uh, one, well, he says we're at war. If the enemy's running at him, you can't. You got to stand up and fight. I take any of the three of us versus. Uh, oh yeah, Roland Martin into one to one. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd even mm. give him two on one. Mm, he'd probably like that. Ooh, what I makes did Republicans not say that. evil? Someone explain this to me. Because Republicans we're aren't on the, the opposite ones, team. Uh, oh man, it's wild. It's amazing. Like, like that was the biggest deflection ever. It's like, hey, we're the fucking insane people, but we're gonna call you insane because you want the country to run smoothly. Like, that's really what it comes down to. We want the country to run smoothly. We want America to be strong again. We want energy independence. We want psychopaths to stop teaching our children. What else? They just released the actual numbers. Uh, we want about, numbers. Talking about things that are important. <laughs> so the test scores that they've been talking about for the 9 to 11-year-olds, the actual statistic just dropped. Reading and writing down 5% and math down 7% in the last 18 months, which is the largest decrease in test scoring since 1989. Oh, so now everybody's, now everybody's at my math level. That that's the country. That's the country that that Roland Martin wants to leave to his thirteen nieces and nephews, though, where, where it's a bunch of fucking retards who are getting their student loans forgiven and their test scores are at an all time low. They're not even be able to get into the colleges that they can afford right. moving forward. And only read books that say America is racist, inherently misogynistic, and that white people are bad. White people are bad, and America is bad. That's well, that's what Speaking he wants. Speaking of people who kids. who hate white people, the gals from the View this morning. We're talking about commentary from the Trump rally regarding the Mar-a-Lago raid. Let's hear a brief snippet from those uh, fat horses. 
Say, hey, I would like to reframe the conversation because he keeps on saying Mar-a-Lago was raided and it was raided and it was raided. It wasn't raided. There was a properly executed yeah. search yeah. warrant right. at that they knew was that they That's what a raid is. Yeah. In order to get one of those search warrants, because I've applied for them and I've mm -hmm. gotten them, you have to show a judge, a federal judge, that it is up by probable cause a crime had been committed, could be committed, was committed. Something funky's going on in there. Yeah, and the he, and they knew and it, it was wasn't coming. A raid. It wasn't like they didn't know no. it was happening. Well, Everybody so was aware. It a raid. Right, that was guest of the day, Sonny Hostin. <laughs> okay, so um, let's say hypothetically speaking, I just threw in my phone's search engine is a search warrant a raid okay first thing that pops up literally the biggest first thing that pops up when a person is suspected of a crime the police will often raid the person's home in search of evidence more formally this is referred to as the execution of a search warrant yeah what the yes do me a favor screenshot and send that to me i want to quote the tweet tag her and put the definition in there nice thank you um but but yeah, that's kind of the the noise and rhetoric that was being shopped around over the Labor Day weekend. Um, one thing I did catch this morning: frequent guest of Steak for Breakfast and Alan Jacoby show, The Great Divide, uh, great friend Amir Benno was on Newsmax this morning talking about the uh, appointment of the special master regarding the documents in the Trump raid. So yes. I, 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 he gave some pretty good insight. It, and, and what Amir does, even though he's a brilliant guy, he breaks it down to where in just a minute or two he can explain to you what the gist of it is. And I think it's uh, important for our listenership to kind of get this definition. Let's hear it. That is a win, I think, uh, for Donald Trump's side, because the DOJ made these very knee-jerk arguments that no special master should be uh, appointed. And I say knee-jerk because Donald Trump requested one, so they automatically said, we don't want one, even though that wasn't a very wise position to take. Uh, and the arguments that they asserted, she dismantled them one by one in a very intelligent way, in a reasoned analysis. Uh, and she said three things pretty much. First, they said that Donald Trump had no personal interest in these materials that he was seeking. She said that's not true. They included banking material, medical uh, information, right. tax information, a lot Passports. of evidence that even the government concedes had no evidentiary value. So wanted. she said that he has that information. So that's a win for him. Second, she acknowledged the fact that the DOJ has been leaking evidence, uh, which is also a win for Donald Trump. Uh, she criticized the filter team saying that at least two occasions material that was privileged made it through this filter team into the investigators yep so she criticized uh the structure that they have in place right. and she also said that uh, the the risk of getting indicted with material that the doj had no right to see uh, is a stigma that's out of this world essentially and mm -hmm. so uh, all of those are wins for donald trump and then the most important win is she recognized the fact that uh, as, uh, appointing a special master would uh, allow for there to be more trust in the institutions of our justice system. Right. Uh, and that's what doesn't make sense, why the DOJ didn't realize that from the get-go and say, you know what, we want to encourage people to believe in us that we're fair and impartial, so we're going right. to go along Good with point. that. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they're not, they don't want to be fair and partial about it because they know they're going to get caught in this bullshit uh, affidavit that they presented before this partisan magistrate judge that approved it. And uh, at the end of the day, Donald Trump's going to have some pretty winnable civil suits in there saying that the judge already acknowledged that not only is the information that's getting out there extremely biased, but some of the uh, stuff that is, you know, presidentially privileged or, at or attorney client privileged material is already leaked uh, into the mainstream.
which is or a just huge, private, like medical records and financial records, which is a huge no, no and things that they'll never be able to use in a criminal investigation moving forward because they didn't go through the right avenues to, uh, you know, get it out there to the public. So, you know, they've kind of boxed themselves into a corner here. And I think this is going to be one of those things, uh, like we talked with Liz Harrington earlier in the show, it's like create the lie, promote the lie, live and die by the lie, and then be justified by exposing the lie. And we're right in between the third and fourth one right now where we're exposing the lie that they're living and dying on. And then we'll be justified in figuring out this was just another hoax and a component of the Russian gate investigation because they are worried about the stuff that Donald Trump is working on down at Mar-a-Lago regarding exposing the elements of Crossfire Hurricane, getting to the bottom of people, uh, why people like our good friend Cash Patel was unmasked and left unredacted in this affidavit as part of a continuance of the uh, intimidation factor by the FBI and DOJ. And, you know, uh, getting to the bottom of, of what happened uh, when they basically, you know, went and ruined Donald Trump's presidency by mucking the whole thing up in investigations. And, and that's kind of where we're at right now with it. Um, something that was way less of an attractive turnout over the weekend was Joe Biden's stump speech in, in uh, Wisconsin for some of the candidates there. I think Ron, Ron Johnson's general election candidate, which a lot of the polls are saying Ron Johnson is trailing. I find 0% chance he loses his Senate seat uh, based on how hard he works for the blue-collar middle class in Wisconsin, which is an overwhelming majority of what that state is made up of. But, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty awful. Um Spoken to dozens, and we'll get to an actual heckler that made it in again as well. Uh, Noah, you'll never believe this one. And it's it's one of the main reasons why Joe Biden says he ran for president. third reason I said I was running, because I wanted to unite the country. And because you can't maintain a democracy without being able to reach a consensus. Oh. You wanted to unite the country. Any, the consensus is you suck, and it is the most divisive president ever. I think that that's the only consensus that there is. I mean, the poll numbers don't lie. What, 17, 18, 19% of America doesn't think he sucks, but they probably actually do think he sucks. They just won't admit it. Yeah. That's a very good point. I did right. see, uh, I saw a Biden Harris bumper sticker over the weekend. Well, they make some of those really good glue. Yeah, it was on like a 2009 sun bleached uh, teal Prius. I, I still see, <laughs> I still see uh, Bernie ones every once in a while, and yeah, I laugh hysterically. There were some coexist and uh, rainbow flag stickers on the bumper as well. Oh, those yeah. are just, those are just covering up dings. He would go on to get a little bit more grouchy. Let's hear it. I want to say what he said. He said he opposed lowering drug costs because it would result in punishing the pharmaceutical industry. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I mean, come on, man. Not this year. We beat Pharma this year. We beat Pharma this year. And it matters. We're going to change people's lives. How, how did they beat, beat Pharma? pharma. We beat pharma by paying them record now profits. Now Medicare will have the power to negotiate lower prescription drug prices. We can get they will have the power to negotiate lower prescription drug prices. It doesn't mean negotiate. That they're, they're getting them. Negotiate. Mm-hmm. Negotiate. Mm-hmm. Not gonna get it. Not gonna get it. Not oh. gonna get it. <laughs> How many trillions of dollars did we give to Big Pharma? 
for, for the regime that weaponized the COVID vaccine. And then the best part about that is, if we're going to jump into that fucking shitty murky pool of bullshit, if you want to get, like, the most recent booster, who knows what number that is. Umpteenth. You can't just start with the booster. Nope. You got to go um. all the way back to strain number one, mm-hmm. which doesn't exist anymore, mm-hmm. and take the vaccine for mm-hmm. that one because they're tired of throwing away the expired and, shots. And and literally this week, Fauci said he suggested most Americans will need an annual mRNA coronavirus vaccine. He but just they, said that, that this week. They also said that they've approved for the first time that the flu shot will now contain m RNA material in it as well, which means if you weren't getting your blood clots and experiencing any sudden death syndrome from the COVID vaccine, it's now available in flu shot form. That's why I've never gotten a flu shot either. Never getting the flu shot ever again. Mm. So I would have never, ever, ever gotten the flu shot if I wasn't the member of something that made me do certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I got it like I think when I was a kid, but but I told him to go fuck right off on that COVID one though. It certainly did. We've held the line on that. Uh, Joe Biden wasn't able to hold the line on his stump speech, though, when a heckler made it in <laughs> and uh, started dropping a little fuck Joe Biden. Um, <laughs> let's hear it. Work, not wealth. Let me close with this. We're a serious moment in our nation history, and it's not high pro- I mean it from the bottom of my heart. As I said last week, we remain in the battle for the soul of America. Mm. By the way. By the way. All right. God love you. Let him go. Let him go. No, 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 no. Don't let, let him go. Let him. He's, look, everybody's entitled to be an idiot. No, no. Everybody's entitled. Okay? Look. <laughs> Extreme MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and our economic security. What? They embrace political violence. What? So I I guess. trying to assassinate SCOTUS justices. That's. uh, There's the projection thing again. So I guess saying fuck Joe Biden at a campaign rally is equal to political violence. I mean, the one one thing about that is, is like. (laughs) I mean, where else can you go into a crowded place where everybody's there? for whatever reason for one specific person and you can go in there and just yell fuck that guy and nobody punches you Mm -hmm. (laughs) not only that how few people have to be at this event for us to so clearly always hear the heckler and even when everybody there boos you could still hear them over everybody (laughs) oh that guy's all the way back in the cheap seats there's six rows sir yeah (laughs) <laughs> it, it was awesome that well those are the cheapest ones every nah. every legacy media outlet kept a tight angle of joe biden at his speaking events over the weekend but believe it yes. or not it was fox news that pulled out and panned to the left and showed that it was well, i'm surprised fox news pulled out mm, a little well they pull out of elections all the time yeah but they never pull out of joe biden these days yeah true story uh <laughs> it, it was only well his speaking event you know the stage area was a little bit bigger than our podcast studio um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's ugly. I'm going to wrap with Joe Biden's last comments here, talking about how America and the, especially the middle class are thriving post COVID. There's no question. It's been a hard few years. Thanks to me. We've come a long way. 
Today, COVID no longer controls our lives. Wait, what? So why More do I need... Americans are working any time than all of American history. Why do I need the booster then? Last Several year, jobs. Several more jobs. people buy, apply to start small business than any year in history. Buy and apply? It just happened. We never gave up. Four-ply? We never gave in. And we are delivering for working and middle-class Americans now. Now. Oh. Oh. <sighs> His you know rallies are like open mic nights in the nursing room, like recreation room. Yeah. yeah. Prune juice for everybody, see? You want somebody to come in and grab him underneath his arm and say, come on, Grandpa, it's time to go back to your room. It's time for your meds. Jesus That's Christ. usually what his wife does. It's he. It's funny that he mentions those PPP loans as well because that's the first thing that people talk shit other, about. On the other side of the aisle, they'll screenshot your account and put it out there and say that you kept your small business open during COVID. How but, dare you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was a stark contrast between the Trump and Biden rallies, both in girth and in substance. I, I just like how the pundits will come out and say that Trump was deflecting when Biden did... I mean, I don't know how you could not call that deflecting, even the, no matter what your politics are. The first time that a average citizen started yelling at him at his rally, he called him a ultra MAGA fascist, of course, and said that they okay. were political violence. Said they said so. What were his major talking points at the end of that? They want to 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 ruin your business and mm-hmm. your financial security. That's that's what we've been that. All the stuff he said we want to ruin is the stuff we're trying to fix. Mm-hmm. Right. What a fucking idiot. Speaking of which, mm. and in our last audio clip of the day, during the White House presser today, post-Labor Day, KGP was asked, since there was so much talk over the weekend, from key members of the Biden regime, saying how Donald Trump's allegations of the election being both rigged and stolen, uh, go against normal political discourse and our key elements in violent extremism. How she feels about tweets that she made in 2016 regarding uh, <laughs> elections that she felt were both rigged and stolen. Did Appar- she say rigged and stolen? Apparently those are her pronouns. Let's hear it. Mm. Of Republican attention. So if we're all in agreement that it is incorrect to say the 2020 election was stolen, what about the 2016 election? Look, Look, I'm not going to go back to where we were or what happened in 2016. We're going to focus on the here and now. We're going to focus on what's happening today. What, uh, that you're an election denier? That the president pointed out uh, very clearly, very decisively. Uh, decisively? In, in a few speeches about what the country needs to do at this time to bring the country together. And he believes that's where majority of Americans are when it comes to protecting our democracy, when it p- comes to protecting our rights, and when it comes to protecting our freedoms. That's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to focus on, on where we are at today. But just in trying to understand the new attention on the MAGA Republicans, you tweeted in 2016 oh, Trump stole yeah. an election. I was waiting, Peter, when you were going to ask me that question. Well, here we go. You tweeted Trump stole an election. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results is extreme now, why? So let's let's be really clear that that comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I have been I have been. You're asking me. You're asking me a question. Let me answer it. Better answer. Better finish. I was I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and Mm. what was in danger of voting rights. That's what I was speaking to at the time. Mm. And here's the thing. I have said 
Governor Kemp won the election in Georgia. I've been clear about that. Uh, I have said President Trump won the election of 2016. That and I've been clear about mm. that. What we are talking about right now is let's not forget what happened on January 6, 2021, <sighs> when we saw an insurrection, a mm. mob that was incited we did? by the person who uh, on the garrison button for this campus, this facility the and campus at that time. Wore it out with Joe and Biden. It was an attack on our democracy. Let's not forget, people died that day. Law enforcement oh, were attacked. Scissor me, tambers. That, that was the danger people that we were seeing that at the day. time. That's what the president has called out, and that's yeah. what he's going to continue he to murdered call Ashley out. So, yes, Babbitt. when you mm -hmm. have MAGA Republicans, Bitch. a extreme part of Republicans who for, who just deny. Who else deny died that day? To, that was, that's the uh, only person uh, that died. Really mm -hmm. say what exactly happened on that day or say it was a protest when it clearly was not a peaceful protest. That's not what we saw on that day. Neither was yes, the, the summer of love. Going to call that out. And here's the thing. Majority of Americans agree with him. Majority of Americans agree with this president on protecting our democracy, protecting our freedom and protecting our rights. That's what we're talking about today. And that's what the president's going to focus on. What rights on. are you trying mm -hmm. to protect, lady? What are they mm -hmm. trying to protect? Hey, listen, that's what the president's focused on right now, Alan. Next question. <laughs> and then just already just trying to invalidate it. Like, you see all the stuff that happens. It's from, I knew you were going to ask me that, and then get the smarmy fucking response. And, and, I'm going to bring up January 6th. Yeah. Me, 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 me. It's just the fucking formula. It's whether you're going to, for example, you're going to invalidate somebody by... For instance, Mike Lindell. Mm -hmm. Every time you hear somebody in the media that's trying to like talk shit and they bring up Mike Lindell, he's not Mike Lindell. He's not the CEO of a successful company. He's the My Pillow guy. Right. And like you hear people like civilians in the in the world like go and you're having a conversation about him and it's like, oh what? The My Pillow guy is gonna solve election? Like why is it the My Pillow guy? Like mm -hmm. that's what you've just been taught to invalidate and just undermine anybody's, you know, credibility. Yeah. And it's just like, I knew you were going to ask this stupid question. It's like, it's not a stupid question. It's a very legitimate question. And her non-answer was pretty fucking loud. Yeah. That was the ridiculous part is your non-transparency to answer the question of the tweet that you clearly tweeted and denied election results and accused Republicans of of stealing an election. Yeah, how about when Hillary Clinton did it? How about when Kamala Nancy Harris. Pelosi? All the fucking news outlets were doing interviews about mm -hmm. Dominion voting systems. Amy being, Klobuchar, yeah. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. The list goes on mm -hmm. and on. Mm -hmm. You know, I did speak too soon last week about, in our outro, not being like Bed Bath & Beyond, who's closing over 150 stores. Uh, Clean up aisle seven. After bad revenues came in after, since they've canceled my pillow, apparently the CFO uh, over the weekend threw himself from a... 20-story high-rise building? I hate to say it, but did anybody do the my pillow meme where he's, like, catching somebody with a pillow? <laughs> and I, was was work, check I out. was working on something oh, earlier, oh, but then oh, I, oh, I, I stopped and I had a... I had to stop. I was like, well, maybe this is a little too far, but... I'll. You know what's not too far? I actually did... Say enter promo code stake at checkout every time I quoted and reshared one of the articles about the guy killing himself this weekend. <laughs> I don't even care. So, God well, I mean, it sucks. It's it's. I don't want anybody to fucking jump to their death from the top of a building. But when you make nobody an asinine move, man, maybe not nobody. But <laughs> when you make just the 
stupidest political, idiotic, bias move. Like, I mean, who knows? Maybe that didn't even tank his business. Maybe it was leftover, you know, ramifications from fucking COVID and whatever. But, I mean, last I checked, Bed Bath & Beyond was one of those places that was probably still open, probably had web sales. Mm -hmm. So maybe my pillow was a little bit of your... uh, your revenue and it probably just started like the the moth the moth flopping its wings yeah the moth flopping its flopping flapping its wings in the forest which causes a hurricane and wherever and then the guy falls off the building i can't wait till we have trade secretary lindell in the next trump administration that would be amazing (laughs) hey listen you guys giggle now but remember vince mcmahon's wife was the was the secretary of something for a minute so you know, it's it's he is loyal to those people who he knows he could trust, and he'll put them in the positions where he thinks they're best going to serve the American people. I need a position. Speaking of servicing the American people today, Alan Jacoby, you did more than a hell of a job of filling in for Antoinette, who's a little under the weather. We really appreciate you uh, coming down and, and spending some time with us. Why don't you tell everybody who's maybe listening for the first time and has not heard your voice yet, if they enjoyed it, where they could find you on social media and your show. Oh, they could, <laughs> they could find me over on. Uh, Truth Social on Getter, verified accounts both over there, the Great Divide Podcast. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, the Great Divide Podcast. Go to my website, thegreatdivide1776.com. All major podcast platforms and the Patriot Podcast Network on Roku TV. Just look me up, the Great Divide Podcast with Alan Jacoby. As always, gentlemen, it's my pleasure being with you guys. It's our pleasure hosting and uh we, we've been working together with you well now for a couple of years. Also, I just wanted to tease for our listenership. Hopefully, we'll be ready to rock and roll on Friday. You're getting ready to start a little business venture uh, and, and going to be partnering with us so we can help promote what you've got going on. What, why don't you let our listenership hear what that is? They're going to be the best cigars you've ever smoked. They are not your grandfather's cigars. MyPatriotCigars.com, the Patriot Cigar Company, bringing you the finest aged premium tobacco out of Nicaragua, right to your palate for the best, again, smoke you've ever smoked. But yeah, my uh, Patriot Cigar Company coming soon, just working through all the red tape and uh, there'll be some nice smokes for everybody. And they will, I'm going to be the Mike Lindell of cigars. Everybody's going to have promo codes. So you'll be able to use your promo code steak as soon as uh, we launch, which hopefully will be this week, the next coming days. Oh, we're looking forward to that. And you've already got a couple of your uh, great friends to jump on board and, uh, you know, be partners with you right off the bat, right? Yeah, we have in the affiliate program, we have, uh, we're going to have Roger Stone. We're going to have Judge Napolitano. It looks like George Papadopoulos, the Steak for Breakfast podcast, and uh, hopefully more. And any influencers that listen to this show, yeah, get a hold of me and we'll set you up with a promo code and you can... Uh, be part of the Patriot Cigar family as well. I can already tell you it's going to fare way better than Bed Bath & Beyond. Sure is. And, and I know, Alan, do you, do you have a one-story home, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> there will be no windows for him to jump out of. But, oh, that uh, made me dizzy. <laughs> no, I know I know. Mike, Mike Crispy's chomping at the bit to, to help you yeah. roll this out. And listen, yeah. if there's one thing we do with all of our partners, well, there's two <laughs> things. Number one, we don't make any money off of them. And number two, we love help promoting small American businesses and making them great again. Uh, and, and that's exactly what we're going to be doing with the Patriot Cigar Company as soon as you get that ready for launch. Hopefully later this week. Awesome way to kick off the week. What do you think, Noah? Yeah, it was solid. Got the extra weekend day with the Labor Day holiday and uh, brought it back today with some great friends, amazing interviews, the commentary that's important to you, and all the things that help make 
steak great again. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to check out the other 166 episodes of the Steak for Breakfast podcast, you can find us across every downloadable podcasting platform. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podata, Google Podcast, FM Player, iHeartRadio, the Patriot Podcast Network on the Roku app, or even on Frank's Speech. Subscribe to the show and rate it, leave a review, and don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share Steak for Breakfast content. Show creds. Well, let's give it to our amazing guest host today. Uh, he's the host of The Great Divide, Alan Jacoby. Thankful for he able to come down and spend some time with us today. In addition to that, some of our great guests. Spokeswoman for the 45th President of the United States, Miss Liz Harrington. Always love hearing from her. And two great America First interviews. Jim Bognett, the Republican nominee in Pennsylvania 8, and Peter Hernandez, the Republican nominee in California 18. In addition to them, some of our internet friends. Who White Memes, The Patriotic Babe Accounts, Ultra Garbaggio, and Christina Baba Save America. Friends, don't forget to go out and throw some cash at our partners, because when you do that, the only thing it does is help make small American businesses great again. Namely speaking, my pillow. Well, we joked about it a little bit, but I'll tell you what. The sales are as serious as it gets. You're in a promo code stake at checkout, you're going to get big, big savings. Everything off of uh, my pillow, from the originals to the sheets, the beds, and more all the way down to the coffee at my store. MyPillow.com forward slash steak is the website. MyStore.com forward slash steak is the website as well. Or you can talk to a qualified pillow representative, 1-800-658-8045. The top tier of ear gear and all things related to in-studio recording equipment can be found at Odyssey. These are the most amazing headphones that I've ever worn, and I strongly encourage you to make the investment. Odyssey.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Stay ready, gear holsters. You know what I would like? Well, you know what you would like. How about a uh, circa 2016 tweet from KGP saying that the election was rigged and stolen? <laughs> Got him. You find a screenshot of that, you could put it on a conceal Kydex carry holster, and they'll get the orders out faster than ever before. Stay ready, gear holsters is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Man rubs. Had some uh, burgers yesterday as part of our Labor Day BBQ. Nice. And I uh, sprinkled a little man rubs on there. Because I did, in fact, buy it. Already said I sprinkled it right after I shook it. Didn't really rub it. And then I throw it on the grill or whatever cooking apparatus of your choice you would like. And then right into my mouth. Hopefully you hit the garrison button. Num, num, num. Manrubs.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms has a pretty simple equation for all your gun-related needs. Firearms, parts, ammo, and accessories. The newly redesigned, easy-to-use website is westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and via the telephone. 619-870-6992. Mediocre Medic for all our first responders. You're going to love the gear they've got on their website. You're going to like their Instagram a little bit more. MediocreMedic.com is where you can find it. And last but certainly not least, the home of the Zero Fucks Duck. Still don't know? Go ask Mark Joe Friday. Dumpboxu.us. You can find him on Instagram. Find him on Facebook. Upcoming shows. We'll be back on Friday with some of the loveliest ladies of the MAGA movement. We'll be doing news and commentary with great friend and Save America attorney Christina Bob, and we're going to be doing a America First interview with the host from Real America's Voice. Noah's pretty excited. Anna Perez will be here. Nice. We'll bring it right back on next Tuesday. We've got a big one lined up. Boris Epstein's coming in. So is Clay Clark. Super hot. Rick Grinnell will be here, and Jake Denton of the Heritage Foundation. It's going to be one of our best episodes we've done in a while. Just kidding. They're all amazing. I don't got anything else scheduled right now except Cash Patel coming in on the 23rd. 
Devin Nunez is scheduled for uh, early October. I don't have the date yet. I'm waiting for his guy to get back to me, but I'm going to get a whole bunch of candidates and whatnot figured out in the next few days, and we'll line up all the rest of the dates for you guys in Steve Bannon's war room to uh, pluck from us. Um, Friends of the week, got a bunch of them. First of all, I want to wish Mike Crispy and his new show, Unafraid, a successful start to their launch. I would like to also mentioned uh oh conservative election twitter because they've been kicking a little bit of ass lately they've added us to their main group chat and everyone's in there from like 11th graders starting their first day of school today to us and jr majewski so it's a pretty (laughs) fire chat and and i like what's going on in there in addition to that some of the absolute best twitch stream truth social fams bcman 420 csm master america American Nintendo, Siberian Kitty, and Burger Man. Some call me Tim79. Dumbass Photoshop. Real Brenda Memes. The Real Meme DeLorean. The Duke of Memes. Not Far Out. Steven Voiceover. C3P Meme. Silent Meme Jordy. Grand Old Memes. We ratioed one of Joe Biden's posts yesterday and he reshared it. I appreciate that. Mostly Peaceful and the rest of the Friend Zone Meme Share. Guys, thanks for remember between now and next week. Number one, do your own research. You're only going to hear that we're domestic violent extremists, MAGA terrorists who are out hell-bent to destroy the Constitution unless you do your own research. Thank you. And you know that's not going to be true. Number two, start a podcast. Noah? Not too bad. You're welcome. Number three, Donald Trump said it several points during his rally. We need to start talking about American greatness again. This country is in the place it is in right now, partially because we don't talk about American greatness enough. It's time to start talking about it again. And last but certainly not least, let's see what happens. This has been episode 167 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. We'll be back with episode 168 on Friday. At the very least, Christina Bob and Anna Perez are going to be here. On behalf of the pod team, I'm Roan. Noah. Later. Hopefully we'll have Antoinette back on Friday. If not, maybe we'll bring Alan back. Regardless, thanks for listening and take care. Hello, you handsome zombie. Hi, Junior. Hi, Carrie. Shut up, you shit. Barrel of monkey nuts. Uh, well, as you can see, Bandit, I got my piece in my hand. You got your what in your hand? Don't get funny, Bandit. If you make one move, I'm gonna put a hole right between those gorgeous brown eyes. I don't think you're that good a shot. Are you kidding? Do you realize that at one time I won the Marksmanship Championship Award from Swollen Groin, Texas? Ha, ha, I don't believe you. Do you see those three lights over there? Watch this. That's pretty good shooting. But I'd really be convinced. If you could shoot that there weather vane over yonder. Yeah, that's a baby fish shot. That was good shooting, I gotta admit that. Of course, them targets weren't moving now. He's only got two more shots. Give me the bottles. Give me your gun, Junior. Give me your gun. Just to make you feel at home, I'm gonna throw up a couple of bottles of prune juice. (laughs) We're running with a crazy man, you know that? (laughs) Well, are you convinced now?
I'm convinced that you is out of bullets. Bye-bye. Give me your gun. Hang on, yes, Fred. Here we go again. <laughs>